episode number 317? As far as you know. As far as we know. Yay, it's 317. And I'll just... I'll drink to that. There you go. So, podcast listeners, people that uh, frequent this shit show that we call our radio program, uh, will know that this upcoming Saturday, we are doing the Build-A-Bike Challenge. Uh, and so we're going to be talking a lot about that kind of covering some stuff and we want to make sure that, uh, everybody understands that there is going to be a class participation element to this and that's going to be via the stitcher. So we're going to, uh, we'll make sure to put up instructions on our, uh, Cleveland Moto Facebook page, uh, the Cleveland Moto podcast Facebook page on how the hell you can sign up for Stitcher. Uh, now who here has purchased Stitcher bits? Anyone? Twitch. You, you mean Twitch, right? That's what I meant. Sorry. Twitch. I keep saying Stitcher. I meant, I meant Twitcher. It's a totally different thing. Different drug entirely. Yeah. So who has purchased Twitcher bits? I have not. Would it help if I did? Maybe not you, but maybe people who want to actively get involved in fucking with us or I'm sorry, supporting us. Uh, I have not done it myself personally. So uh, if there's anybody who has done it, I'm going to we're going to dick around with it a bit and try to try to figure it out, try to buy him. Maybe I'll have merit, try to buy some and then we can uh, have somebody playing along so that we'll make sure that we have a functional system before we go live as it were on Saturday. My- Can you explain to me the concept of stripper? Uh, excuse me. Stitcher, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Twitter. Excuse me. Uh, twi- <laughs> Twitch bits. Twiggity bits. Anyone Oscar? I haven't done it. Okay. I think it's just the, uh, like the Twitch currency. You don't just, like put money directly you buy the bits and then you donate them or send them to whoever you want to like whatever show that you're watching you can put some money in there okay so we can earn that's the idea the idea is to give people an avenue through which they can take their hard-earned copex and send them to us we will then divide them between the winner and hopefully back to the people that bet correctly. So, I mean, talk, talk is cheap, right? Money, exactly. money motivates. I think the term let's make this interesting really does apply here. <laughs> yeah. Because then there's, there's, there's also on the, uh, on the chat, well, on, on, on Twitch, on the chat ops, um, the chat area on the bottom, there's also like a donate button also for like donating pal pile directly. Cause I don't know how the, bit stuff works but at least we have that other option just in case it doesn't okay well we'll, we're gonna dick around with it a little between now and then just to be clear participants have the opportunity to win loot is what you're saying that's a big big part of it i've had a lot of people contacting me directly and asking me how the fuck that is going to work and i will tell you as i am not much of a twitcher myself uh, I do understand and I have watched another uh, other videos on Twitch where I have seen people pledging money or donating units of chattel to people for like slaughtering their nemesis on video games and, and shit like that. So uh, so that's something that people may want to get down and get funky with. Sounds like something on the dark web. 
I'm sure it is on the dark web. Yeah. Right up your alley then. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's so that's the big thing. And then of course we're gonna you know make sure if anybody has any problems with devices, let us know before Saturday so you're not coming in here with your, you know, flip phone jitterbug trying to say, well, this is what I have. Can I possibly get on the interwebs with that? Um, you know, if if some if somebody's using the hand crank uh, modem at their house, or if they're using the, uh, you know, the old 486, uh, we may want to get you on a more modern piece of hardware so that people can observe you screwing this pooch all to hell. On Maybe Saturday. post podcast might be like a good opportunity to, if anybody wants to try out your phone to see if it's going to work or whatever. That's, I did a little bit of that last week. It looks like it's passable. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Phil. I like the 486 reference. Well, you know, but, but even before that was the 8088. 88, 88. That's the one I started with, the 8088. Yep. Hey, I, I, we go back to a TRS-80 where the only thing that plugged into the wall was the AC cord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was there was nothing else to there. Anything you did, you could share to each other via cassette tape. <laughs> and uh, that was the that was networking back then was handing somebody a cassette tape. Well, then you had the 300 baud modem you put your phone in. <laughs> you guys, do you guys remember porn back in the modem days, where they just wait for a boob to show up after remember. like five minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's not even in the way way back. That's not. I mean, honestly, that's not that. <laughs> Wouldn't be shocked today if somebody told me he's like, oh well, you know. <laughs> the fiber's gone out or the cable modem's gone out. We're going to have to go back to a 14.4. That's what I was going to say. That's, that's what my internet is like now. <laughs> I think you can still get a dial up connection through AOL, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the infrastructure's in place. I mean, until my dad died before my dad died, he still had AOL. Like it was still um, AOL. Well, well, I can't. I can't use any of those AOL discs because I, none of my computers have a disc drive anymore. Oh, jeez! And there you go. And that's that's the other angle of it. You know, it's hey, like, oh, my computer's great, but my computer has no moving parts in it. You know, it'd be cool is if they had a, a a handheld thing that you just put over the disc and it scanned your discs. <laughs> it just didn't move. It right, actually right. spun around and scanned your disc for you. That's I remember the they, shit there. they had a record player like that when I was a kid. It just it was just a slot, and you put the record into the slot, and it would rotate the record, and it could be in any orientation. It could be vertical or horizontal, and you just put the record in there, and it rotated, and the needle moved along to play the record. So, oh, the first Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just well, technology's moved super, super fast for us. Um, you guys look over my shoulder. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, put the deposit in on one of those today. A hunter cub. The uh, yeah, the trail one two five. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just decided. I was like, well, I I really wanna I really want to have it. I I just you know I want to own the bike. Just fuck it. I sold mine to Oscar and I've kind of regretted selling it ever since. So I, there it is. Still here, man. I still have it. I know. And I've been, and so all I've been doing for the past like week at night is I'm watching all the posty bike challenges and all the crazy Australian events. And I'm watching that. 
and I'm getting fascinated with green laning. So the British have green lanes, which are these kind of open access to anything, you know, under a certain size. And it's all over. Oscar and I saw people at the Isle of Man that were using the green lanes to get from destination to destination, even though the main roads were closed for the racing. And I've been kind of reaching out to different people on the island and asking questions about green training. And because, you know, with the triumphant return of the Isle of Man race next year, I'm thinking about rather than around with bicycles and everything else, uh, which lost its appeal to Oscar almost instantly. Uh, and what a great plan that was. We're going we're gonna to get bicycles and ride all over the Isle of Man, and we're just going to ride everywhere on the Isle of Man. For like the one day. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> no, we did bike uh, like at least two, three days, right? I mean, we did... We, did for, we gave it a shot. <laughs> we, we gave it a shot, but fuck those hills, dude. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, Oscar was super not happy with the whole riding bicycles thing. <laughs> I used to bike as well, like mountain bike and stuff, but it was just, I, I, this is now. <laughs> Maybe electric bikes, but not regular. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea, and one of the reasons that I, that we would, when we were there that we noticed is they closed the roads down a lot. I mean, a lot. There, there's, there's a whole lot of time where it's like they closed the roads down in anticipation of a race happening or they closed the roads down so the marshals can go. And that would make it very challenging to use a vehicle, a road legal vehicle, to get to your destination. And uh, many times when we were moving around with the bikes, they'd already closed the roads. So I was thinking about the green lanes would give us the ability to move around inside the island um, out to destinations that we might want to go, even if the roads were closed for racing. And looking over my shoulder, that Trail 125 might be the perfect vehicle in the world for that. Yeah. So... And we saw some dudes with some super tweaked out Trail 90s, like crazy tuned, like all kinds of kooky shit. Have you watched? There's a dude from Europe that he's a documentarian and he puts out a video about once a month and he's traveling the world on a CT90 that has seen better days to the point that like he's been everywhere. He's been through like Siberia. He's been through everywhere. And then he was trying to cross like whatever the Bering Strait or something, and he couldn't find a shuttle and stuff that he could afford. So he literally took the CT90 apart and bought a sports bag and put it in the bag because it was unlimited luggage, but no vehicles were allowed to go on the boat. So he backpacked his CT90 in a bag and got on this sailboat. It took him a week to get over this oh, thing and then put it back together later. It's his his. his is that C90 Adventures on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he does some really cool stuff. And he'll be in the middle of fucking nowhere just on this CT90. Like He's like, the next gas station in town is 115 miles away. I have five gallons of gas and two crackers. And, like, and that's it. Like it's, it's pretty cool, man. I think that's a solid purchase. I don't know how long that they will offer these bikes, you know what I mean? Is that CT125 going to have a 10-year run? It might not, you know. Some of the, they, you know, even with the CT70s and stuff, like, they came back for a very short period, and they were available for a little while, like in the 90s, but then they went right out of production. So, I mean, right now, I think, like, the, the monkey bike is pretty popular. So, I mean, I can see, like, the monkey and stuff, but who knows? You might get, you know, one of those... One, you know, two or three year wonder 
you know, you could buy it for now, but it won't be offered in a few years from now. The CT will be around. The Super the Super Cup won't be. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll keep the CT, they'll drop the Super Cup. I can see it right now. Because you, you can get a Super Cup. For people who are trail trail 110 enthusiasts or posty bike enthusiasts this gentleman's email or i'm sorry youtube handle is called nathan the postman and nathan the postman is the guy that rode one from sydney australia to london england because he couldn't figure a better way to get home and it's a wonderful story but after he made that nine month journey literally going from sydney australia like across china to go to london england after he did that he has continued to run interesting challenges and make challenges in the uk um you know top to bottom of the uk but all about just all about the posty bikes and he's done some interesting videos on the uh the himalayan and some other economy-minded uh trail bike stuff so nathan the postman uh check his videos out they're really really and he's easy to watch too it's a you know he keeps it ground level it'd be interesting to see if the australian post actually starts buying up ct125 for posty bikes again yeah well i mean they've never stopped so the the what the australian post is using right now is a a built specifically built bike for the uh postal system and but it is a trail it is absolutely every bit of a trail 110 and i wouldn't be at all shocked to see that there's a postal version of that trail or trail 125 that we see catching you know three and a half inches of air uh, there wouldn't be a, a version of that with leg shields because the new ones for the Australian Post do have have some semblance of leg shields on and a, a specifically designed box on the back. Hey, so that could drive that could drive production for a lot, you know, many years to come. Sure, and it's a wonderful vehicle to use for stuff like that. So, um, and with being fuel injected too, that's going to increase the bike's efficiency as well. So. But that, so in case nobody knows, the Posty Bike Challenge, go ahead and look the Posty Bike Challenge up. There are several different organizations that do this challenge across Australia. And they are, uh, this year they are redoing, and I believe they're doing it in September, they're redoing the original route from Brisbane all the way north, like, you know, across the top of the fucking country to Cairns or, you know, I'm sure they pronounce that differently, but the, it's a massive trip. I mean, you know, 2,500 uh, kilometers, 3000 kilometers all done on posty bikes and they've got a truck following you and there's river crossings and there's uh, what they call bulldust and which is that pesh pesh, that type of sand that you can't just hook up in at all. And when you watch the videos, the guys have two techniques. One is you go real slow and fall over a lot. The other is you go 60 miles an hour. And, and fall over a lot. Fall over less, you know, because you're going faster. And yeah, but it's hilarious to watch it and see it. And the water crossings are brilliant. Uh, super cool. So that's a thing, uh, Posty Bike Challenge. But there's also other ones that go by other names than Posty Bike Challenge. But the concept is the same. Go to Australia. You buy one of these. And then they take care of your accommodations. They take care of your food. Uh, they take care of that kind of stuff. So you have some support and different levels of stuff. It's not as ridiculous as the tuk-tuk challenges in uh, Thai Thailand or in India, where you basically go there and you buy a tuk-tuk. And then it's like, well, if you die, so so what? <laughs> yeah. 
Is it safe to say that might be on your bucket list? Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's, that's real, real strong on the bucket list. Yeah. So Phil, before you got here, when we were all here, we're waiting for you. Yeah. Somebody brought this up and I'd like to hear your input on it. It's another small bike and it's this. Yeah. Yeah. This is the electric. Yeah. This is the the electric Kimco. Yeah. Yeah. So again, bring it on, dude. I mean, you got a 75 mile range. You got a 70 mile an hour top speed. That's everything everybody wants. Right. Yep. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it. We'll sell a crap out of that thing. This looks cool. Like, it does here. look cool. Look at that. It's big and curious. It's, you know, but that's a, that's a metric shit ton of unsprung weight. With a two hour recharge. Yeah. 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 yeah I, there's so many things about this thing that I really like. And I, I've looked at the go, go row, which has removable, you know, fast high speed swappable battery packs. And the go, go row has a top speed of about 60, I think, or 55. And the Kimco's better. It specs out better. And Kimco has their own proprietary quick change battery system as well for, um, and this seems to be the thing for the Taiwan market. Uh, Gogoro and Kimco are both really looking at doing this um, this idea of these hot slot or hot uh, hot socket batteries that you can just roll up and change a battery out in your bike just like you do a propane tank. The uh, promo video surely doesn't certainly shows a lot of footage of it doing burnouts and oh yeah donuts and stuff like that. Like it's got a lot of torque. Like it'll you know, spray rubber anywhere you want. Yeah, here, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll turn off the volume. But yeah. here, let's hold on one second here. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. Check yeah, it out. I mean, this, this is exactly what we need. We need something that's fun and exciting to get people into it. So it's not just, you know, well, look, I'm saving the environment. Oh, I like it. This <laughs> yeah, it's a hooligan. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Total hoon. It does look, look at that though. You know, the person on that bike is like four foot eight. <laughs> I like those yeah. wheels too. And it, the person on the bike is four foot eight and they're all crouched up and stuff. Got their little, you know, yeah, but they're doing burnouts, man. Bonzi biker. Look, look, everyone will tell you, and I'm guilty of it. The first thing anybody does when they get on a zero is they grab a handful of front brake, twist the throttle and smoke your rear tire. Zip. Just because it is the coolest thing to do to be like, Oh, look, Mr. Bernie, Mr. Holeshot over there, watch this. And it's just like, it becomes impossibly easy, childishly easy to become a smoky burnout king. I wonder, I wonder if a Fort nine F nine is going to do a review of the F nine. <laughs> Sounds like it's got his name all over it. Yeah. Somebody is uh, check your uh, volume of something. Cause I'm getting a lot of reverb. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that delay. I I unplugged my auxiliary sound. I did everything here. Let's I'll mute. Why don't you mute me? No, it doesn't sound like it's you. Phil, talk again. I'm going to talk again. Now it's not there. That's me. No, maybe it is John. Just when somebody else is talking. (laughs) All right. That was weird. I understand. I was getting a lot of feedback. What's John doing in the way of a microphone? Uh, I'm going to work on that. I, we go over to John's house and he's got a very long piece of string in a tin can. Can you still hear me? Can you still I hear me? You. Yes. I, I had it on. It was I selected the Realtek microphone, which I think is the microphone for this, you know, this laptop. That's the inboard. Same as system. 
So it's doing whatever it does. That's weird. Yeah. Did that, did that delay go away? It sounds like it sounds like it's fixed. So that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's good. No problem. You know, we we appreciate your desire to give us better audio. And plus, it's do you want me to sign off? I can sign off right now if I need to. <laughs> I, I just like you know my favorite part of this whole thing is that we tried we we tried so hard to get good audio, and then we right. like Phil invested in the mixing board. We got the mics. Everything was fucking set, and then COVID's like fuck you. Yeah, we're going to Zoom. Like all that equipment sitting there getting dusty. I know. <laughs> what, are, what are the Twitchers saying? Um, they're li- you know they're listening. There's 13 or 14 to 15 people off and on. Oh, there are people. There are people actively twitching right uh, now. Yeah, people saying hi and stuff and and asking. And we asked if they have any news and. I need and, negative feedback. I'm looking for more negative feedback. <laughs> I'm sure. Now that, John, now, now that John has done a moto stories with Unky Phil, John is absolutely hunting for negative feedback. He yeah. wants criticism, harsh, harsh <laughs> criticism. I like I like the one I, I watch the the latest one and I'm like, oh yeah. That was after too many Mai Tais. The Mai Tais oh. are starting to add up on this one. I'm like We haven't even got to the good stuff where you're like, like I started getting a little quieter. <laughs> Let Phil do more talking. That ends, uh, that ends soon because you start taking over the talking in about the third or fourth video. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite is that one dude that's like wow john's way cooler in person than i thought he would be <laughs> he's got brilliant <laughs> john's way cooler after 10 my ties it, it, it really peps him right up <laughs> the uh it and it was the filming of that was amazing. Like watching Steve and Fernando try to uh, wrangle John. The best was John was at one point. I was like, okay, we're going to talk about car readers, which is a great, I can't wait to put this and that might come up this weekend for a tech tip. And the car video is great. There's a lot of great information and stuff, but I was like, okay, so John, here's a carburetor you can talk about now, mind you, when you're talking about the small parts, I'll pull up graphics so you don't have to show us anything. And so what does he do in the middle of it? He runs up and shoves the carburetor in the camera lens and is like, look, look at the part. Like, of course, nobody can see anything. And he's obscured the whole shoot. And we're just like, right on, dude. Mint, John. He said, That's what they do on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I, I, Yeah. It, it's good. It, it's it's really good. I was gonna mix them all up so that like the second video in, you were completely shit hammered, and then the third video you were normal. But I'm like, no, we want to build up. We want it to. Let- <laughs> <laughs> we want to let people know what happened. <laughs> well, I I can tell you that based on how much fun it was with John, we we definitely want to have Oscar come in. Yep. We want to have Oscar to come in because Oscar's got his own particular take. Yep. Um, Lord knows his experience is a little different than ours is. I've had three emails that said, when's grumpy sewer guy and Oscar doing one? I know this is. Um, that's exactly what this thing's going to turn into is it's going to turn into moto stories with Unky Phil and guest. Yep. And the thing is, is with, with Hoffert, Hoffert, we're going to have to have like motorcycle and conspiracy talk. <laughs> no, oh, Lord only knows where this is going to go. Yeah. Tinfoil hat, man. Tinfoil yeah. hat time. Welcome to uh, coast to coast moto stories. <laughs> yeah. Bill, all, Bill, all you have to do is have some like triggers. Just talk about big oil. 
Or <laughs> so John, so negative feedback from Twitch says I heard John's dick is so small he pees on his balls every day. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that problem. Sometimes if I don't pull it out enough, I get I piss all over my underwear. Because it roll it rolls up over my fucking dick. <laughs> and someone just pointed out that uh Snooth's uh Genus is showing. Just, just saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not for me. Sixteen minutes in. Coming from chat. Hey, that was from one of the listeners, not us, man. Um, the, the good news is that everybody gets a shot on that one. There's there is some very big Trump news. Gets about a shot. <laughs> the best is is John's head a child sized head or is his head a beach ball? <laughs> it's a beach ball. I had a, a guy at work said I I had a a twelve gallon head. <laughs> twelve gallon head. <laughs> also, I'd like to note that my hat blew off and went into the final tank. <laughs> yesterday <laughs> I hosed it off a little bit it's fine are you kidding me it'll never be fine no it will never be fine ever the uh you are now officially the what's that smell guy <laughs> <laughs> I don't smell nothing anymore I'm good oh so anyway we are going to talk about Janus because there's some big 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 um Janus news. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff has been coming out of Janus, and uh, we, <laughs> and the good news, John, is, you have to, you can't say anything until next week. <laughs> hold it in until next week. Hold it. I can't hold it until next week. There's no way I can hold it until next week. <laughs> you don't have to hold it in. There's uh there's there have been some there have been some good uh some updates that I've gotten from from our Janus connection. Fuck it, let's just do it, Chris. Chris, tell the world because they want to know what did you find out? So uh Janus is bringing out a new 450 uh motor uh unit built on the same frame uh, they're going to upgrade the, um, the brakes, the rear suspension. Um, I want to say the, the wheels, the, the, the wheels are wider. Uh, it has a top speed of, uh, they're, they're claiming 90 miles an hour. Um, what else you want to throw in there, Phil? Sure. Well, the you biggest thing is the CCs, man. It's the motor. Here you go. 450. You ready? 450, right? Would that be a similar motor to what's in the GN or? Oh, look at that. Ooh. Very so, sexy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so this is a big thing. So Sergeant's seat also. They're, they're it's, throwing this, it's maintained the style, right? It's maintained the, the, the image. It's maintained the look of a, a, a Janus. It, it looks the way the Janus looks. But when you look at that 450, the 450 is... A bigger bike. It's it's clearly a bigger machine. Everything's bigger. The tires are now fully retro style. They look like the old Firestones that were on all the old Harleys and Indians. Um, there appears to be something in the way of rear suspension. Am I wrong? 
Or is it yeah. still a... No, it's, it's got a cantilevered rear suspension. Shit. Um, and they've done a beautiful job of hiding it. Uh, there is no evidence of that being a rear suspension there. I wonder if it's I like how the flywheel cover kind of looks like a Triumph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going for that motorcycle. Um, I, I really do. I, I think it's very attractive. And um, if somebody didn't, if I didn't just see the front disc brake, I might think that it was a very, very old bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It really is. Very cool. So, Chris, um, you... <laughs> How many of these are they going to build? What's the first the first run? So they're 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 doing ten right right out of the chute, and they're having uh, for Janice owners only. You're allowed to bid uh, to get one of the first ten, and the bidding starts at seventeen five. Seventeen five, correct. And there's a couple of. Uh, specialties that they're doing for the first 10 <clears throat> being, you know, uh, specially marked, you know, yeah. covers and what, whatever it happens to be. After the first 10, then they're building the rest of them for 13.5. Okay. All right. So, so my belief was that you would have to, starting at 17.5, you'd probably have to bid 20 grand. Because there's going to be 750 people potentially bidding on these, sure. Uh, and and so after I saw the video of this uh, about a week ago, I called Phil and said, "I see you got to talk me down off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to buy this, but I'm just I'm chomping at the bit." And Phil basically said, "You're a dumb piece of shit. Don't buy this thing. Wait until." Uh, now that whatever. wasn't an exact quote. I know. I know. <laughs> I said. I said. I didn't say wait. I said, ah, you're a dumb piece of shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That goes with everything. <laughs> I can't, I don't know how, like, once my computer, it won't, like, not play something when I'm just looking at things and whatever, sir. Okay. So, John, talked, John talked me off the ledge today. <laughs> what did you I was going to call you. Yeah, I was going to call you because they have a, uh, Prado fire truck with 2,000 miles on it. Kilometers. Kilometers, sorry. 2,000 kilometers on it. It's in pristine condition. Uh, Four-wheel drive, five-speed, you know, uh, perfect perfect condition. 13 which, grand. And I'm which like, vendor was this on? Before. Uh, it's, the thing is perfect. Right. It's like even the engine, there's no oxidation on the diesel engine. It's like the right. thing is absolutely perfect. You could eat literally eat off the engine. It's I I don't know how you could get something cleaner or nicer than this vehicle. And it's got a lot going for it. A four point two diesel, really heavy axles and suspension and everything because it was made for, you know, to be a fire truck. But I just, you know, I don't know what you do with it with the whole fire truck bed on the back. You know, like, it's not, I don't think a pumper or a tanker. I think it's just meant to, you pull up to a fire hydrant, it's a hose, it's a hose handler. Yeah. Which, well, so are you, but. Well, I was going to say, I don't got, as, as evidenced by my negative feedback, I don't got much hose to handle. Was that the uh, was that the Toyota Dyna? 
No, it was. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a diet. I thought it was a. It looked like a. It's red. Well, of course they're all red. It's in Dubai. Oh yeah, it's the one. There's a Toyota Dyna that's in Dubai, and the Dyna is the van. It looks very much like you know, it's a Toyota van platform. So it's a four door, or like a truck. Yeah. This had a huge front bumper on it. You could sit on it, put your cooler on it. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I just told Steve, I'm like, picture this in your life. And what are you using it for? The problem with all the stuff from Dubai is the shit from Dubai is just crazy fucking expensive. Yeah. And, and that's the downside is it's just so freaking it's, it's just not cheap. And because the stuff from Dubai is so expensive and your shipping is so expensive, it becomes like it's a loss by the time you've even kind of got into the idea of owning it. You're, you're super deep into it just for the privilege, you know, I've looked at a ton of stuff that was in Dubai that I was interested in and it's just, it's a nuisance. And I, I really, I haven't bought anything from Dubai yet. I've got probably 10 vehicles on the water right now from uh, Japan, but uh, I have never pulled the trigger on a Dubai vehicle. And that's, that's kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing, you know? I mean, the running gear on it is maybe worth it alone just because of what it is. It's a 4.2 yep. diesel, yep. heavy axles. I mean, some off-roader yep. that just wanted to take the, the whole bed off, take all the fire equipment off the back and put a flatbed or put some kind of normal bed on it. It probably had, some, you know, that truck probably is in some sort of normal truck you know configuration right then again where are you going to find that yeah that's exactly it we are still getting the echo of the gods i will tell you if our podcast listeners are listening we i, I know steve is furiously working on this trying to kill that but i do know that when certain of our participants speak we are getting mondo echo uh John, yeah, you have up in my volume as well. Just, just to give a full shout out to Big Ben. He just donated ten bucks to us. So, oh, wow, that's cool. So Ben is using the the Twitch. Yeah, he yeah. he went to the to the link for um, for PayPal and just donated to us. So. Right on, Ben. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, so Phil, I got a question: Is shipping any more expensive from Dubai? than it is from japan uh give me a second i'll pull it up and i'll let you know what it is today so i'll i, I do i do kind of know what it's going for on certain on certain vehicles that i look at all the time so i'll pull up a couple of dubai vehicles right now and i'll tell you what they what it actually comes down to because you know we uh we have to we have to remember that when we pull the trigger on some of these vehicles, certain companies and, and B Ford is one of them charges us a metric shit ton of money to ship cars and they charge us more than any of the other, uh, suspects and you have to take that into consideration. So B forward has this like this interface that's so easy to use and it's so fun. And you know, you can have a good time playing with the, uh, playing with the numbers and playing with the, the vehicles on, be forward, but you just got to be careful because there is definitely a be forward penalty when it comes to the upcharge that they do on the shipping. So let me pull up a Dubai one real quick and I'll tell you what the Dubai's are. It looks like Dubai is a little bit. Whoa, what? Phil, turn down my mic and my audio a little yeah, bit. Turn down your uh, audio, Phil. 
like turn down my audio. Not your not your input, your output. Like what you're listening yeah, to. Sure, I can do. Can do. Let's just see if that's the the gig. All right, my that's like down to almost nothing. Does does anybody have their computer that they're looking at Twitch on not muted? Oh, that would be Does anybody. Oh, that's a good point because I don't have any Twitch going at all right now. Well, Twitch just has like three or four seconds delay, but but that oh, could be another. True. Yeah, no, it sounds better though. I think might it might have been uh, it might have been that. I think it sounds better. So yeah, let me uh, let me change a little. I'm gonna change my uh, Boringer. I'm gonna change that a bit. <laughs> And so see if that well, changes while you're anything. Doing that, so uh, a big guy on a, on a little adventure says, uh, "Sorry that just got in. Can you guys start over again?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you should throwing it out there, maybe. If you want, to, and if anybody wants to share a screen, they should be able to. Now I just enabled that finally. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of looking at a couple of them right now, and it just doesn't look like it looks like right now from Dubai, prices for shipping on stuff is about 50% higher than shipping from Japan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you, it makes it not worth it because it be makes like it not a, worth it. It'd be like an eighteen to twenty thousand dollar vehicle then. Wow. Oh, that's painful. Yeah. I liked your idea about getting that uh that's uh that C125, that Cub 125 that would crash. What was that website you were talking about? Crash Toys. Yeah. But I never did it because I ended up pulling the trigger on that stupid 800. So, ah, okay. So I just decided I'd, you know, I was going to buy that tractor with the backhoe. With the tree growing through it. Wait, did you buy the tractor or did you buy the entire property and you got the tractor for free? Well... Yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, the way I am. That's why nobody should bet on me to win this contest because, you know what, I'm competitive, but I hate to see anybody lose. Right. <laughs> and I'd rather <laughs> let somebody win. <laughs> let me guess, you bought the tractor that came for free with your property because it had a tree growing through it. <laughs> So, so whether or not you ever would have bought the tractor, you still would have owned the tractor because a tree was growing through the tractor <laughs> and they literally couldn't take it with them because a tree on the property you owned had claimed that tractor to be its very own. Is that all you need to do to acquire vehicles is plant trees directly underneath them? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> As far as I'm fucking concerned, that's, yeah. why, I'm never, that's why I'm never going to be rich. <laughs> as, as Mitch Hedberg told a a, a a wino holding grapes one time, you got to wait, man. So like you can't, <laughs> you can't, you just can't show up with a pocket of seeds and be like, hey, that tractor's mine, man. Fiat, literally every Fiat in Northern Ohio right now is going to be visited by Nick and a handful of helicopters. <laughs> He's going to have a handful of helicopters. He's going to drop a handful of helicopters underneath every Fiat in Northern Ohio. And then oh, when wait a minute. There's, there's another aspect of it, though. You need to get them to your property. And oh. then you need to plant the. Because <laughs> I can't just, you know, plant a tree under every Fiat in Ohio. I'm going to say it's, gonna it's, a fairly, <laughs> it's a fairly common phenomenon because when I went and moved my scout from Grandma's house, I backed it up and I kept hearing this. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And so I just moved it anyway because I had to. But then I, I later discovered that a tree had started growing up through the fucking undercarriage. And when I backed up, there was this half a tree underneath the fucking scout that grew from a crack in the fucking pavement. 
<laughs> on uh, one of the cars that I got from Japan uh, a couple of cars ago, I got this Subaru Sambar that was deliciously clean and it had a supercharger, which is fucking rare and beautiful car. And Everything about it was really, really nice. It, it needed cleaned up. And as I'm cleaning the thing up and checking it out and changing the fluids, underneath it, somebody had parked this thing amongst the grape arbors. And the grapes had taken over. And grapes are like crazy and they had grabbed all the axles they grabbed everything it was four-wheel drive and there was grapevine wrapped around every goddamn thing under this sandbar it took me about two hours to cut out every bit of grapevine out from underneath this sandbar uh, from the top it looked fantastic underneath it looked like something out of stranger things it was weird yeah grapes are very interesting though i mean they can grow like a foot in one day, they can yeah. reach out, and those tendrils just curl up, and they grab whatever they see. So, we have wisteria on our front porch, and that shit is tenacious. It is. You can't even kill it. <laughs> I mean, you can cut it down. You can cut down forty feet of it, and the next day, it's like in your room, looking at you. <laughs> so, so Steve, Steve put out a five-gallon bucket with uh, seeds in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's, I have a question for you. Um, if I told you that there was a new motor scooter that was, that had just come out that you could buy today with real money here in the United States of America. And if I told you this motor scooter was 111 miles per hour, I'm sorry, restricted to 111 miles per hour. What brand or what model of bike would you think that was? Piaggio BV400. Not available until October. Oh, good guess. But great, fantastic fucking guess. Yeah. You that, cheated. Was Seriously? Was that well, somebody just came out with a twin cylinder? I thought Kimco was doing a, <clears throat> a silver wing beater or something. <laughs> no, so seriously. Right. Was the AK550. That's right. It's the AK-550. So our very first AK-550 arrived in the shop today. Oh. And I'm going to say that on Saturday, in, in just a couple of short days, when you guys get to the shop, you will be either summarily impressed or fuck you, Kimco, um, because it's a crazy fucking bike. Um, very much like the Aprilia Mana. It is a motorcycle engine with a drive belt that goes back to the back wheel, like a like a Yamaha T Max. Yeah. So, like with most scooters, the motor and the transmission and everything is on one swing arm. It's like the whole thing. So, like the motor and the transmission is all one piece of metal, and that when you hit a bump, that whole thing moves up and down, and that's what's called unsprung weight. And unsprung weight is generally to be considered the devil. So when you look at the these electric motorcycles and scooters and they have a hub mounted motor the hub mounted motor is unsprung weight and generally deprives the vehicle of some sporty handling this bike has a motor in the motor traditional motor position the bergman had a motor in a traditional motor position but it had a big ass long case holding the transmission and whatnot so it had a lot of unsprung weight and so did the um silver wing so the silver wing had that too so this bike on the other hand has a belt that goes back to the back wheel like a harley davidson does 
and or like the Aprilia Mana did. And it has got a belt on it that would make Harley Davidson riders envious. It's really freaking cool. And what's really neat is it's got a 550 cc motor. It's got well over 50 horsepower. It's got two cylinders, eight valves. Um, and what's heated grips are standard. It has rain mode and sport mode. Now in rain mode, it's restricted and won't let you go over 80 miles per hour. In sport mode, it restricts you to 111 miles per hour. <laughs> Is it roomy? Yeah. What's that? Is it roomy? Like how's the? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's not a little scooter by any standards. It's an a, it's a five fifty. Um, it's not as big and monstrous as the Barco Lounger, like Bergman. Uh, it's not as big as the like the Honda Silverwing. It's more of a. It's a little more compact than that. But it's really cool, and it has all the stuff for the uh, young kids. You know, it's got the teeth of blue. It's got the push button, and it changes the display, so you can, like, make the display anything you want it to be. It has the Nudo, which is what uh, Kimco calls their version of internet connectivity with an app to your phone, so that the middle screen, the display, you can change it to be anything you want it to be, and you can do all your crazy maps and FaceTiming and, and MySpace and, you know, chat snapping and everything right through the middle. Um, you can stitch and twitch and flitch and everything right while you're riding the bike, I'm sure. Crazy cool. Uh, but more importantly, big ass fucking Brembo brakes all over the thing. Uh, the suspension is amazing and storage under the seat is massive. But does it have a selfie cam? Does it have a little thing stick? Like Ooh. the first scooter company to put a selfie cam on their fucking scooter? Not there is one. Right. There, there is actually uh, a scooter out there with a camera that records everything you do on your scooter. So like a Tesla. Does that, does that have a camera? I don't Teslas know. Teslas have cameras all over them. And if somebody pulls your door handle, it starts recording them. It, basically, Tesla just records the entire time it's being a Tesla. So that wow. if you walk up and drop your pants in front of a Tesla, it takes a picture of your ball sack and sends it to the internet. Oh, no, cool. John. That's how that guy knew on Twitch. <laughs> Dude, the thing on Twitch, the guy, one guy just said, anybody think that these guys look totally different than what you thought they would? I, yes. I had an image of Grumpy Sewer Guy as somebody from my 500-pound life and John more like Grumpy Sewer Guy. Also <laughs> 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 true. You know what? I, and, and he just donated five five bucks. So thank he you. donated five dollars out of sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> just for shitting at John. Thank you. Thank I'm you. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say some awful shit about you right now, but I'm gonna give you five bucks. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. for that. <laughs> but you know, back to the Teslas. So, like, you shouldn't go pee behind a parked Tesla. No, never. Um, there's YouTube channels that are 100% all about people showing their ass to Teslas, or people like kicking a kicking the side panel of a Tesla because they hate modern shit. And there's just YouTube videos all over of people generally disrespecting Teslas and getting on the internet for it. So like, there you have it. Record you like does it have some kind of a security thing or something? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's got a, a security thing. And then you know when you <sighs> when you fuck with a Tesla, the Tesla fucks with you back. I don't know how intensely it does. Like, does it release little robotic autonomous scorpions to go crawl up your pant leg and freak you out? <laughs> um, 
if it was my car, it would. So I mean, it's like, but but there are stuff it does. So um, yeah, it, it's cool. I know Liza just posted a thing where she borrowed her dad's Tesla or somebody, and it has a fart, fart mode. Yeah, yeah, the fart mode. I love the fart mode. Like the whole idea that Tesla has a fart mode. Yeah, I put a one hundred dollar deposit on a cyber truck because I figured. What the fuck? Why not? I'll put a $100 deposit on a cyber truck. Worst case scenario, I end up with a cyber truck. Right. Best case scenario, I sell my $100 place in line to some rich fucker for $2,000. Yeah. And so there's really no downside here. Um, unlike the Vectric scooter or the Elio, I actually do believe Elon is going to build a vehicle. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with that. You know, Wasn't there a movie or something or like some spoof where... There was these little biomechanoid insects that like were a probe that stuck up your ass and then took over. Like was, they were going around taking over people. I was <laughs> going to say the uh, Tom Selleck vehicle runaway that was all about these awesome, creepy spider things that would inject you in the neck. Uh, oh, and runaway had runaway had. Um, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons is the, the Gene Simmons was, was the RC bad cars guy. that would like sneak under other cars and then blow up and shit. Not joking. Runaway is an excellent movie that predicted the future wrong. Yeah, yeah. But the future it predicted is better. Yeah, and it has Gene Simmons. So and it has Gene Simmons in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Gene Simmons was like, "I'm counting money." Yes, I get to move, be in. A, yeah, I can do that. And Tom Selleck is the the hero, so that's cool too. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a mustache. Dude, a mustache with a man connected to it. <laughs> the only thing cooler is a mustache with titties. <laughs> Again, weird, but we'll allow it. The uh, so uh, this weird. So we're gonna shoot a video about the AK five fifty just because it's a fucking mutant. It's a weird motorcycle scooter bizarre thing but what kills me is just i i desperately wanted to take it out today and i if i didn't have 19 other things i had to do today i would have taken that thing out and just ripped it around the neighborhood uh but again it belongs to somebody else and they paid for it so we'll maybe not abuse their bike for them uh you know we don't want to say it's been lovingly broken in uh but pretty exciting pretty interesting so we want to shoot a video on it because it does all kinds of cool shit it's got like the key that isn't a key thing like there's nowhere in this vehicle you can put a key Hmm. and there is no key so um, so there so fuck you history you don't need a key you get a little weird transponder thing and it has a button on it we can't figure out what the button does yet we keep pressing the button nothing happens somebody in taiwan's having a great time every time we press the button you got the wrong one and down the street there's a dude that's like fuck my scooter won't shut off it keeps starting (laughs) i am made for that option I would not be surprised. Absolutely would not be surprised. But there is a key fob that is a very impressive key fob. It comes in a presentation case, velvet lined. Wow. No expense spared. And but there's a key fob and you press the button on the key fob and the bike does nothing. <laughs> so nothing happens. But meanwhile, there's all kinds of other shit that it can do. Um, that's that's pretty magical. So that's that's pretty neat. Yeah. So we'll play around with it a little bit more. We'll shoot a video. It'll be great. So how, in your opinion, like knowing like what Yamaha offers and what Honda mm-hmm. offers and stuff, Kimco has now been around. They're pretty much. Resp- I think they're a fairly respectable company at this point in the states. I know in the rest of the world they are, but I'm saying right. here. 
How are because Kimco gives a fuck what America thinks. Honestly, Kimco couldn't give one half of an irrational shit what America does. Right. Kimco is so done thinking about the United States that. 20 years ago, or not not 20 years ago, but quite a while ago, Kimco thought that the Americans were mismanaging the production or the, I'm sorry, the sale and distribution of their products. So Kimco came in and bought a little company called STR and just bought it and said, we're going to buy it because we don't think you're doing a good job representing our shit. And then Kimco has kind of had a hands-off opinion about the United States ever since. I mean, honestly... Kimco makes more money selling shit for BMW than it will, than it ever needs to even think about anything that's DOT or NHTSA or any silly letters that we have in our alphabet soup society. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, so like, you know, they're making stuff for BMW. They're doing all the stuff. Yeah. So with that new bike and all the features that you saw that are on it, how do you think it compares to the 2021 Yamaha and Honda offerings of their scooters and stuff. Does Honda even have a scooter? Don't, don't they, have they have the ADV yeah. 150? They have the Ruckus. They have the Metropolitan. I, I guess I should have said, does Honda have a scooter over 150 cc? No, it's a joke. But their Forza, if they got, if they brought that Forza yeah. 300 into the country, that's a nice scooter. Or it is a nice Forza. scooter. The Adventure 750 too. They could bring. Yeah, and if they brought that in, or in the Integra, they have the Integra. Yep. But yep. they don't bring that in the United States. They don't bring it so in. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So what, what is this Kimco's competition? What were like, so Suzuki, Ber, Ber, do they still have a Bergman or anything? Or I'm going to assume that because the Bergman is made by Suzuki and Suzuki still sells bikes from the seventies with carburetors on them, <laughs> uh, that the Bergman is probably still there because they paid for the tooling. And Suzuki believes that once they pay for the tooling, that gives them the right to sell the bike forever. Until the tooling wears out. <laughs> and then they sell it to China. <laughs> no, I was looking for parts for one of my, my Suzuki GS 850s. Right. And like in one of the, I forget, I'm sure you know what it is, but it's one of the parts places where it'll cross reference that part with right. every other bike just to tell you if maybe you can get a different bike. Yeah. You typed it in and they told you it was a current model. Yeah, exactly. They're like, Oh, that's totally available from the 2019. And I'm like, I'm 78. Like, what? I love them. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you you need a carburetor? Oh, that's the same carburetor that's on the DR650. Good for you. This one, they, we polished the top with the new one. <laughs> it has a chrome vacuum cover. That's it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it turns out, wait, the gas tank you need is the gas tank that, oh, it's the same gas tank on the brand new 2021 Hayabusa. They just have a plastic cover over it. <laughs> <laughs> my point. That would be awesome. Sorry, sir. We don't have any new in stock 1980 GS fucking gas tanks. But the Hayabusa fits. You just don't put the plastic cover on it. It just oh, has dude. the wrong color paint. I have bought <laughs> I have bought carburetors for my KLR650 that came in Harley Davidson Sportster boxes. So I mean, that shit's alive and well, man. You know, sometimes if you don't, if you can't find what you need from manufacturer A, do a little research. You might be able to buy it from manufacturer B. Right. So super Hope cool. The one you're with. 
That's right. Love the one you're with. No shit. <laughs> I was listening to one of the other terrible motorcycle podcasts that went out of business. And uh, <laughs> this, these guys were talking about like their predictions for next year. And their biggest prediction for next year was that they weren't going to exist anymore. But they missed that one. But meanwhile, they were predicting that there wasn't going to be a KLR 650 for 2021. Oh, <laughs> I was like, and they were like, no, no, the, if they ever bring it back, it's going to be a twin. No, 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 no. Uh, you were totally wrong. Like in less than six months, you know, this was back when that original grainy picture came out with a, a shaded out Kawasaki lineup. And there was something in the background that kind of looked like a KLX 250 that actually ended up being a, KL, a KLR 650. Um, these guys were like, no, they'll never do that. They're not going to bring that bike out unless it's a twin. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> you would have taken my money on that bet i mean right. it was my bet i thought yeah. for sure it was going to come out with yeah. like a versus motor in it well of course it, it made sense they already paid for the versus motor right sure that's true I mean, I, i'm honestly a little bit bummed out that it isn't because i would love a a verse basically a versus 650 but with a 21 inch front wheel well, what i like to call a dirty versus there's a yeah. there's a dude on adventure rider who makes he, he calls them the something something gravel bikes, but he takes the verses, the first year and second year verses. Um, he loves that in the motor, but then he adds mm -hmm. different. Well, the one he likes the swing arm because it's like that weird, like you know, like, perfect swing arm. Yeah, but then he gets different forks and all this yep. other stuff, and he builds these fucking off road bikes. He's had like eight of them, and he sells them to people. And the one has like ninety thousand miles on it. He's traveled wow. all over the place and beat the living shit out of. It. He's like, you can't kill it. You can't. No. That Kawasaki Parallel Twin is one of the happiest motors I've ever owned. And that's coming from a guy that loves SV650s. And as much as I love the SV650, it takes a hell of a lot of fucking quality to make me go, oh, the Versi 650 motor is better yeah. than uh, a V-Strom 650 or an SV650 motor. They're different. They are just different. An SV motor and a Versi's motor, Kawasaki motor, perform differently. They give you different pleasure uh centers yeah i was just thinking about the old you know we had that gsxr 600 that we were going to do up and everything and i don't know i mean is there would there ever be room for an inline four-cylinder adv bike well that bike hasn't left our property like we own that bike so <laughs> da, 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 you know like, like no shit uh, all we got to have is the right bike come in you know we need a lightly crashed bike that has a 21 inch front wheel i mean you we can XR, make that happen on an anything. xr 650 right yeah. on xr 650 yeah. then cut the whole thing out make a thing plant that motor in it and there you go man and look, all we need to do is really call all balls and just take the front fork off of any 21 inch front bike and you know grafted into the existing gsxr you know right. look man we got a jixa 600 with fuel injection that's just sitting in the back Right, and then you can choose what crowd you want to be a part of. You can put a, um, a milk crate on the back, and the, the KLR guys will dig you. Or you can put the metal boxes on the back, and all the GS guys will be like, ooh, what bike is that? Or you can like go that. naked, and then it's like the West Coast, like, you know, actual ADV guys that ride. And we can put fur on it, and the Star Boys will like us. That's true. You can do any of that. Wheelie bars. It'd be great. Except for Scott. Scott's um, in church. He's gone a different direction than the rest of us at this point. <laughs> the uh, So that's, anyway... I, I only say that uh, that whole inline six or you know inline four cylinder because I mean Honda's calling their VFR twelve hundred X 
an ADV bike, so anything goes, apparently. The VFR, that's as far from an ADV bike as you can get. The thing yeah. is so top-heavy, and it's just cumbersome. The VFR 1200X has been available in the European and English market for many years now. I mean, I, I'm on a couple of their forums, and that, you know, it's an interceptor adventure. And we'll let that sink in for people. It's literally an interceptor adventure bike. An interventure. And- an interventure. <laughs> <laughs> John, we love you very much. And we've all gotten together because we think that you may need an intervention. <laughs> so you need to sell you need to sell six year motorcycles and buy this one. And it's the same thing a Ducati Multistrada is. It's a bike that is engineered to do many, many things, does none of them well, has way too much horsepower, and will kill you in record time. So and like it's not the if best you, looking bike either. I mean, as much as they made it all snouty and stuff, like when you really stand back and look at it, yeah, it's like that's not a Ducati, man. That's like, like if a Ducati's like a dolphin, it's all slick and smooth looking. That's like a fucking sea cucumber or something just sitting there. It's idiot. The the fifty the eight fifty Multistrada was actually pretty nice. Yeah, I yeah. thought. I mean, it, there's it like it was better. There's a whole strange thing, and it's just very funny to me, the people that um, will will get deep. I mean, look, man, the Pan America, the Harley-Davidson Pan America has been in every news story for the past fucking three weeks. Nobody can stop. If, like, if you have more than seven followers, you're writing, you're doing a story about the Pan America. And meanwhile, the irony of it is that it's just what survived of the great culling. It's the great thinning of the herd of Harley Davidson and getting rid of the Bronx and getting rid of all this other cool shit. And them saying, okay, well, we're putting everything behind the Pan America. But their whole rest of their uh, new marketing program is sticking to what Harley Davidson has done historically, which is, you know, sold bandanas. Yes, and bikes to go with them. Right. So a hilarious article that was about, I mean, now the Pan America hasn't even really hit the streets. No. And this article was about Harley Davidson's original adventure bike, the Bulisses. Yeah, the Bulisses, exactly. The original Harley adventure bike, which. A Bulisses was worth 11 and a half cents. like four weeks ago. So the Bulisses, if you owned a Bulisses, you had something nobody wanted to buy. It was the motorcycle equivalent of herpes. Um, If you owned it, you couldn't sell it. It it was awful. But now, since the Pan America has come out, everybody's trying to buy Bulisses. And that's hilarious. I'm on all the forums. It's great when people are like, oh, the Pan America's garbage. The Bulisses was the greatest motorcycle ever built. It's now it's the poor man's Pan America. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ride one of those in New Mexico, and Oscar will tell you how quickly I gave the keys away to Pavlo. <laughs> and and the dude got second degree burns on his fucking crotch because of the how awesome the Bulisses was. <laughs> I mean, like, like it it might have been ninety five degrees. It was a warm day. It wasn't cold. Yeah, it was pretty pretty hot. It was pretty. Yeah, hot. everybody was wearing shorts and shit. So there was, and some people were in their like swimsuits, riding fucking scooters on the fucking street. I mean, it's just. We were in Tijuana, and it was stop and go traffic. And if you've ever been in stop and go traffic anywhere in the world, you have not been in stop and go traffic in Tijuana. 
because stop and go traffic in Tijuana is being in a fucking parade. Like it's the coolest stop and go traffic in the world. Like it was legit. Didn't, it was didn't super Pablo go into the ocean with his uh, Budweiser onesie swimsuit? He had a onesie. <laughs> 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 yeah. Our friend Pablo is with Doctors Without Borders and he's one of my most exotic friends. <laughs> oh yeah. I had, po- I had bones sticking out of my body in strange places and I had crashed extremely hard in Denver and I was out, man. I was broken as fuck. Um, I was going to need six months of recovery, but Pavlo showed up at the scene of the crash and he's just like, Phil, take these pills now. <laughs> when somebody walks up to you and your bones aren't pointing the way they should. And they're just like, look, you need to take these pills immediately. That person is your friend. Like, that's the guy who knows what you're go- about to go through. So, yeah, that's just, a cool dude. He didn't just stick you. Uh, give him two. Our conditions. Uh, one more. <laughs> our conditions weren't great. Like what we had available wasn't really awesome. Um, we were in the we were we were way too far away from Denver, Colorado, and we were not on a road racing course anymore. We were on a motocross track that was abandoned and nobody was there, and we weren't supposed to be there either. And I crashed the shit. I mean, I mean, I crashed the shit out of the bike, fell out of the sky with gravity and everything and bones just exploded. But he came up to me and he was like, look, you need to take these pills right now. And I was like, OK, <laughs> like, doctor's orders. I'm going to take these pills. <laughs> That's it. And then I got back from the emergency room and I got back to our friend's house. And then people were all like, yeah, what kind of pills did you get? <laughs> and all my friends were like, Taking my pills. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were to say you took like the rear brake rod off a of CB three fifty and like repaired your leg in place. <laughs> well, it was funny that that it took so long for the ambulance to get there that I was telling people to go around and round up like wood and tie down straps and duct tape so I could just splint the shit myself and uh, and get out of there. Uh, I reduced my I reduced my own fracture in the field um, in between two double jumps. Look. I've got a whole uh, jar of stainless steel fucking wood screws right here if you ever need yeah, that's why That's why it takes me a little extra longer to clear security at the airport. <laughs> hey, you want to hear a joke? Always want to hear a joke. So a couple... <laughs> An older couple come across a wishing well. Oh, boy. The husband leaned over, made a wish, and threw in a penny. The wife made a wish, too, but she leaned too much and fell into the well and drowned. The husband was stunned for a moment and then smiled and said, wow, that really fucking worked. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh, dude. Okay, yeah, that's legit. <laughs> I think I saw that on an episode of Hulan and Big Chuck way back in the day. Um, Dan, you... are always good. Dan, you have held... <laughs> Man, whoever did that, you nailed it. <laughs> the uh, Dan, hold that bottle up again, Dan. We're not going to let you get away with that. Okay, is that as good as I've heard? It's really good. And they haven't even made the 12 year for like 10 years, I think. Eight or 10 years. <laughs> <22 year old. laughs> I mean, they sell older versions of it. She's no longer illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can touch her everywhere. They're going to have to have a, you know, they're going to have to start making labels that do an automatic countdown 
And every year, you know, at first it was a 12 year, right. but now it's a 13 and then it's the 14. Every year it gets older. It's It has one of those low power e-paper displays on the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, years I lost of 35 years of Costa Rican rum when we came back through Houston, Texas, because the people in Costa Rica that at the duty free didn't seal it up correctly. So it was real tight on the plane. So I couldn't make it in check baggage. So I just had to transfer that shit through is check, you know, like carry on stuff. And we're going through the airport and I passed this bottle, this, this bag of bottles. It was a lot of bottles. Like I said, 35 years worth of bottles. And I passed it through customs and they were like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't do anything with it. So we ran up to the, the gate to check our lug. We ran up to back to the ticket counter, try to check our shit. And they were like, no, your plane's already loaded. You got like 20 minutes to get on that motherfucker. So there's nothing you can do. That shit ain't going to go to America because the people at the duty free didn't seal it up correctly. So we ran out to the front doors of the Houston airport, found a dude working for like an Uber thing, you know, some dude who just looked like he was in charge of shit with a big Ford crown Vic. And uh, I ran up to him and I was like, do you like rum? And the dude was like, yeah. And I handed him a bottle of like, no shit, 35 years worth of Costa Rican rum history. And I said, Merry Christmas, man. You're going to have a great Christmas. He's like, (gasps) and I was like, yeah, this is really, really delicious rum. And you're going to have a great time. And I gave it to him. I just donated it to him because I couldn't ship it to America. And I drank as much as I could. Guys, don't think I'm a, don't think I'm an idiot. I opened up the oldest bottle there and I drank so much. I was unbearable to Dr. Waters for the whole next leg of the trip. Cause I was drunk and sad. <laughs> My wife, when I, when I turned 40, um, she got some, whatever. And we went to uh, California for a trip for my 40th birthday party. And we went to all the wineries and stuff and vineyards and we ended up buying a bunch of wine and sideways. We, we started putting the stuff in the, um, you know, the, the bags to come home, they weighed them and the one was way too much and I had to put it in there. So it was kind of haphazard, you know? So we get back and I'm like back to Cleveland. We're all excited. We're like, man, we get home. I can't wait to have this wine. We're going to sit there and the bags come out and they come around the thing and I pick mine up and it's just leaking. Like, <laughs> like they must've thrown the bag onto the fucking thing. So when I picked it up, it was just like this wine pouring out of the bottom of the suitcase, just destroyed. <laughs> it was so sad, man. It's terrible. Yeah. You got to put them uh, in a Ziploc. <laughs> we're not, we're not wine people. <laughs> in our household like we have we have nine or ten bottles of wine that were left here by other people that are better at wine than we are and we were staying at some place in in germany that was like a the the building was built in ad 400 like christ was gone but his close relatives were still there and so this place was built in like ad 400 we're staying in the up 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 upstairs um every stair going up to the place was crooked it was an awesome place airbnb and they gave us a bottle of fucking wine it was super cool so we had a bottle of wine but we just decided to keep it as a souvenir and we put it in the luggage and we're schlepping around with this bag you know that has wheels on it and stuff and we're going up and down stairs and this was one particular day of travel where dr waters and i had had just about enough and we're going downstairs with this bottle with this luggage and we hit a stair and you could hear the bottle break (laughs) because the bottle made a noise like i hate you (laughs) and the bottle broke and wine went everywhere inside our luggage and the glass was broken and there was nothing we could do about it and that's when you know that you married the right person and that was on our honeymoon and 
when that bottle broke, we didn't instantly hate each other. We, we loved each other harder and we made up for it every other step along the way in the journey. But like sometimes a broken bottle of wine is the perfect thing because, you know, you, it just brings you back in touch with reality. You're, you're on your honeymoon. You're having a great time. If a bottle of wine breaks, who gives a fuck, you know? Easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go. That motherfucker was free with our $300 hotel room. So, <laughs> the, uh, so we are getting, I'm getting dead serious about AMA Vintage Days this year. Yeah. Is anyone else starting to get real fucking serious about this shit? Yes. I'm starting to get a little I'm I'm starting to get a little teetering on like don't you say anything to happen because you're not in charge of me. Uh like like I might show up. They haven't said no, right? I mean it's it's No, they haven't said no. And they're they're well, being Well, if history tells us anything, they're never going to say no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to say, "Oh yeah, this comes they will never say no this is about to be the 2020 edition exactly um, it's just exactly. delayed yeah i i've got to say guys i have been yelled at i mean i've been doing ama vintage days for many years i mean a lot of fucking years and i have been yelled at for reconnaissance like we were doing reconnaissance of the grounds with my Toyota Tundra and we had an AMA representative who will remain nameless in the back of the Toyota Tundra and we were spotting shit out and we were down to the campgrounds and it guy was pretty muddy down there I mean it was like you know we're talking about like a Tuesday or Wednesday not even open yet and we're trying to get permission where we can put God's greatest camper that we had rented um and Serena, I said I wasn't going to mention her name, was like, oh, well, let's go over and look at where you normally camp. And it was fucking Camp Swampy over there. And so we're driving through uh, AMA Vintage Days. And, you know, granted, you got to keep the wheel speed up to keep the, tund the Tundras moving when they only got the two-wheel drive. And this dude came over and was hostile. And he was like the AMA, um, not sorry, AMA, no, the, the road racing course, mid-Ohio road racing course, official groundskeeper which i can only imagine what he has to do after ama vintage days whether he just turns the porta potties upside down and plants grass seed or what he does i don't know i'm pretty but sure he was right after smelling the campground last yeah year. i've always found it curious that the same tanker truck that goes and sucks out the the porta potties seems to come around later and fucking For soak down the roads dust control yeah. <laughs> this dude was super upset with me that i was utilizing a truck and the only way you could use a truck to get through that terrain and he was crazy mad at me like he he chased us down and i had a a, a professional representative of the american motorcyclist association in the truck with me who was supervising my shenanigans and about to write them a check for an impossibly large amount of money and he got like straight up stupid with me like he wanted me to come out of the truck and we could measure dicks <laughs> and it was it was something because i i just kind of laughed him out i laughed him out and i was like wow you're upset about this on wednesday wait till sunday motherfucker we have never ever left this place sellable like like Every time we've left that place, it's always only been donatable to us again the following year. Mm -hmm. 
it's like band camp. When you leave that place, you just have got your blood and urine and feces just all through it. You can't sell that to normal people. It's been tainted. You know, it's, it's just, it's had its way. So I'm in. It's amazing how mother nature has a way of healing itself though. It looks like a week later, it looks like we were never there. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it still smells bad, but it looks like we were never there. I always and like to dump a little extra fertilizer before I leave. Good idea. Yeah, it's well, a long and, way to the black tank. Chad, to bring in a good point. So there hasn't been anything for more than a year. Is Does that help at all? Because <laughs> there's not a lot of events all year round, right? Shit, Oscar, you bring up an excellent point. This That's right. Because there's been no events... Will the Terra actually be firma? That's actually, I'm not sure if that's true because Don Slicker from Cincinnati last summer was posting, he went, he did some rally car events down there, smaller events. Really? I think they actually had some shit going on down there because he was showing pictures days. of camping out and stuff at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, they had track days. They had uh, like small race weekends. They had actually, I think a big race series too, but there was no audience it was just the racers no spectators for yeah, no okay so there is a small chance that in the campsite the grass has been allowed to have roots that are more than a quarter of an inch long which would the be poo, the thing. poo probably mellowed out a little bit like it actually kind of soaked in instead of just being three inches on the top of everything that's true because i know that whatever the whatever the deal is i'm planning on bringing shit with four-wheel drive and i'm planning on bringing stupid little motorcycles to ride around on and be and be stupid you know uh that's my game like right now as far as i'm concerned mid ohio's on and i'm part of it yeah i'm interested in how much we could get an mxu 450i by kenko yeah 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 do we need one maybe okay all right, because I'm planning on bringing a couple of four-wheel drive little mini trucks, or at least one for sure. And then I know Steve's got the High Ace that has a proven mid-Ohio performer. Um, there's nothing well, that... I've been looking at quad runners and stuff like that, and you look at old Hondas and stuff like that, and they, you know, if you want a 4x4 four four utility quad, yep. they're still 2800 grand or whatever. Right. But like the MSRP on that is like five grand. If you can get but anything you, you under can't... that, it's like, why would you buy a stupid rolled over fucking quad that's been beat to death? Right. When you could just buy something brand new. Right. So you're not bringing back the uh, booby bouncer for uh... the booby bouncer is gone. It went what? on the curb with the I I had to make choices. I had to make decisions. You I had to get the of the curb with the booby bouncer. <laughs> it went on the curb with the tractor and a lot of other shit when I had to get rid of the house. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to figure out we'll have to figure out something to replace that. So you know, I, I you threw a water tank and a toilet in in uh Overland. <laughs> I have a couple tractors earmarked to turn into the picnic table tractor I've always dreamed of. That's a good idea. Excellent. Yep. I want to take one of those tractor frames and I have a, a, a tractor mounted snowblower and I want to make the most massive snowblower you've ever seen in your life. Well, that's not even close. Compared to what <laughs> I used seen. to work no, in an I mean for a, a yard snowblower, not yeah, like yeah. A, not one where you could walk into it and shred people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I used to work on at the airport. 
Yeah. Airport snowblowers. Yeah. Ah. My first choice in the zombie apocalypse. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> How did they never do that in any zombie movie? Oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, the thing has a six foot tall auger on the front <laughs> of it. It has its own kicker motor, a diesel, a massive diesel motor that powers just the fucking snowblower. Yeah. It will spray people over a hundred yard fucking radius. <laughs> I worked at an airport where the owner who the owner of the airport was notoriously cheap and everything at the airport was World War II Army surplus. I mean, everything. And our snowplow was a World War II era deuce and a half with a auger system on the front that had a Chrysler 440 legit 440 motor so we had to put diesel in the truck and gasoline in the snowblower um but it was like john saying no shit it was every bit of a 10 foot wide seven foot tall auger that when it was running um i know that we love this phrase when it was chuchin it was skookumus frig like that thing was like bones nothing yeah, Skookum as Frig. Yeah. Like the amount of devastation that thing would do. And um, I would only have to run it like twice or three times a year. But I would go out and I'd fire it up, you know, two and a half cans of ether and, you know, two car batteries and get the thing going. And once I got it going and it was running, remember that the auger on the front, the snowblower part of it has nothing to do with the deuce and a half that you're driving. So the deuce and a half you're driving is 10 wheel drive. And then the auger on the front of it is just like somebody just put a Dodge 440, which is a big motor, and put a Dodge 440 just on. And then it just ingests everything and then just throws it. So it doesn't matter what you hit. I am accidentally hit a landing light one time, and a landing light is a, a, a thing designed to be hit by airplanes. And landing lights are not fucking around. And I hit a landing light one time, and it didn't slow it down one RPM. It just threw the landing light 100 feet. And it, I had to fix that. But there was nothing left of the landing light. Oh, no, no way. Mm. Yeah, magic. You so yeah, run serious through a horde of zombies with one of those fucking things, and they'd be yeah. Like, how come in every zombie apocalypse movie ever, nobody's driving a combine? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, farm boys have had that shit figured out for years. Yeah, you just get a combine and 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 hold class. They get, you know? they get caught in the sickle bars though. That's there. You go. There you go. Just take them off of the ankles. They're useless after that. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous. So, the, so there's there's that. Anybody else have anything else new and exciting? Um, not particularly. Uh, there's so the Eric Buell saga because you guys brought up Buell before, and I was going to bring it up. I kind of forgot the Buell uh, without Eric Buell. Yeah. So he's saying that everything they're saying is completely kind of false. Oh, like they're saying that he had all these completely banks. kind of false. And, and, you know, like they said he had multiple bankruptcies and everything. And he said that, like, the best year Buell had was 2008. And in 2009, Harley fucked up so bad that they had to, like, stop everything except for their basic bikes. So, like, they came up with stories and stuff saying that his products weren't selling. And yet he has records saying that, no, up until right until they cut him. Yeah, some of his best sales ever. I agree, and I I totally agree with that. I think that Eric did a fantastic job, and that history will show that he was 
continuously engineering and innovating new product that worked and was fantastic. And that Harley Davidson, it was getting in bed with the devil. I mean, and and that's what he was saying. He was like, look, at one point people were buying up Buell's. Mm-hmm. To yank the motor and put in their Harleys. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He didn't understand the hate of him. Right. He said that he's a like he said, find another, find a more hardworking American motorcycle builder, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll shake his hand. Right. And he's so like, what's he, the deal with the new the new Buell? Because I'm kind of confused. I would like a little bit of education about how some company that doesn't involve Eric can use his last name. On a motorcycle, but didn't they buy up? Didn't they buy up the rights to like the last time he went out of business? I thought we we had talked about that like you know a hundred episodes ago that somebody had bought up his that somebody had bought up all the assets to his company and the rights to it for like pennies on the dollar. And so they they must just get they must have bought his name or the trademark. They bought the Buell trademark. Couldn't they? I mean, well, what he said is, yeah, he said that. So, yeah, I wish you. So, whoever EBR is had ramped up slowly, whatever, but EBR assets were bought out of receivership by LAP of Michigan. I I joined briefly with LAP, but they did not need engineering services as they said they would. They just needed help selling bikes. So, I left. And they left with the inventory of EBR 1190 parts that they had bought. So he goes, I moved on to start Fuel, F-U-E-L-L, his electric bike company, but he is not involved with EBR or Buell Brands at all. They are owned by the people of Lap, Michigan. Lap of Michigan. Right. So he has no input whatsoever in it. The future of Eric Buell is with Fuel and nothing more. Okay. All right. Actually, they have this. I don't know if you guys have seen this bike yet, but apparently this is his Fuel electric bike. Yeah, I've seen this. So this yeah. is a rear hub motor by the looks of it. I mean, that's why that giant disc is there. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm going to say, like, as far as I'm concerned, anything that Eric Buell does, I'm very interested in, especially if he can keep it away from anybody else except himself, because everything he's done has been brilliant. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It's generally when other people get involved that they, you know, they they just fuck his shit up. But it seems like Harley just does. They keep doing this process where like they have something successful and they fuck it all up and cut it off just to put out another fucking sportster. Like, oh, we can't. This is what we sell. We're not going to fuck with this. You know, like over. I think it's the. I think it's almost like the Chinese factories, like you were saying. As long as there's somebody, like the initial thing they bring out is good, right? And then they decide, well, you know, this is costing us too. How are we going to cut? the price on this product to be able to, to make more money for ourselves. And then that's when they go awry. Right. Plus they also have too many, they had way too many models. I mean, they decided to make like a model for every, like every rider would have their own model bike. (laughs) And that doesn't work. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, I never want to come off as a one trick pony where all I do is make fun of Harley Davidson or poke fun of Harley Davidson because you know what? They can afford it, but I just, it's it's not the only thing I give a shit about, but their big thing is that like, I believe that historically speaking, when we look at, um, Alta, uh, electric motorcycles and we look at mission electric motorcycles and we look at Buell and you know there are a number of people that were like oh 
my God, this check you've presented me with is very dignified. I would like to take that check and I would like to change the way I live based on this check. But then everything that happens after that is not so great for your personal experience in owning a business, right? So, you know, getting that check from Harley Davidson is one of those things like it'll change your fucking life, but you also have to be able to take a step back and be like, okay, that happened and that's over with now. So, yeah, what they did thing. to Alta was just ridiculous. I mean, they strung them along yeah. in that partnership, made them extend themselves to try to, you know, like they were going to actually go into production and at the very last moment pulled the fucking plug and basically bankrupted them. Right. It was the shittiest fucking thing that you could have done. Yeah, I think that I think there have been a number of people over the years that have gotten involved. I mean, certainly um, anybody who was in, involved with building the streets 500 and the streets 750, uh, anybody who was running that factory or in charge of there or working there, um, they probably have had a bad day as a result of their relationship with Harley. You know, they went from being gainfully employed to not so much. Uh, I think that there, there's probably a lot of shit that's happened that way. If we turn the way back time, the way back knob, uh, back to, uh, Aramachi, Aramaki, like, that happened then too. So in the sixties and seventies, there was that sort of like, Oh my God, we're going to get a check. You know, these Italian guys are like, we're getting a check from Harley Davidson. This is fantastic. We're going to be able to live for a long time. And no, 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 don't buy anything serious. Don't buy a boat. Don't buy a truck. Don't buy property. Don't like have a really good party and that's it. And enjoy yourself because it does seem like that's, these aren't really long relationships. So, oh, you know, there's this company called Envy Augusta. You may have heard of them. They had a bit of a, uh, a dalliance with Harley Davidson, you know? So there are these things, uh, Armstrong motorcycles, MT500 Armstrong motorcycles out of the UK. They had a dalliance with Harley Davidson. So these people, there's a lot of people that RD that, that have got Harley Davidson DNA sprayed all over their face and it didn't end up making them billions, you know, if it doesn't sell to their traditional customers. It's not good enough that it sells, but doesn't sell to their their crowd if it's it's not good enough it's a tough thing and the thing that sucks that alta bike like those things now people are paying a lot of money for the altas that are still out there because they're a really good fucking like dirt like a race ready dirt bike no expense was spared man everything that went into that bike was top shelf so very good very good product very good bike do you think that the people that that are harley customers that are into like the whole scene like that Harley does that kind of stuff because I, I mean if, if if I was into those kinds of bikes and I see the company that I like yeah. pulling that kind of crap just buying out other other designs and other companies and just just disappearing it I could just see them being you know they're like the traditional Harley guy is going to be like what's with this fucking bullshit that's fucking bullshit uh, who wants nobody wants this garbage and it's almost like they, they, get they, know about it they get self-conscious and they're like, no, our traditional Harley people think this is Camaro. So we're I'm, not I'm, willing, I'm willing to bet that most traditional Harley customers or enthusiasts don't care enough to even know that that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, like, how many of the traditional Harley people have bought a new Harley in the last five or 10 years? That's a good point. They're like, you know, um, motorcycle or t-shirt. 
Oh yeah, no, plenty of T-shirts. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, like, the thing is, is like they have to, like, they have to understand that their market is between like the what they consider their core market. Most of those people are fifty to seventy to ninety years old now. There are no young new Harley guys. And if they are new Harley guys, they're all the guys at Skidmark Garage that are cool and they're actually building 1950s and 60s right. and 70s or, you know, whatever cheap Harley they can get on Craigslist or something. Which I, I'm, that's cool. I'm down with that. I have an interesting observation from one of my friends who said, uh, well, you are aware that many of the motorcycle clubs have, many of the one percenter clubs have a rule in their bylaws that says you can only ride a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And that in these clubs, um, the the people in these clubs haven't been getting any younger. So that the Panamera, the Panamerica, is now a BMW GS for people that have three patches on the back of their jacket. <laughs> so you can finally authorize people that have three patches on the back of their jacket, people that are one percenters, to get into the Starbucks mentality. And put, you know, GV bags and shit on their stuff. It, it was a way to steal away people who were finally old enough to admit they needed to get off of that fucking Dyna and get onto something they could go touring on. And that this is the touring bike or the adventure touring bike for the one percenters. Um, because you got to admit it. Look. Even one percenters are now old enough to be living well and traveling with their, you know, significant other. Yeah. But is it one percent of the one percenters, or is it ten percent of the one percenters? I mean, I will just be, wonder how you'll find out. Right. Okay. Will, it will it be enough? I wouldn't do. If you gave me, if you gave me the golden ticket and said, "Look, you get to buy. This is your golden ticket. You get to buy an adventure bike." It wouldn't be the Pan America. I, I just think Harley Davidson's out of their lane. And remember, I paid money. I paid real money that I earned to buy a Road King police bike. Like, I don't know anybody in our podcast that has a more modern Harley Davidson in their garage. Um, and it wasn't free. I paid real money to buy it. And it's my bike and I ride it. Uh, I don't think that Harley Davidson's in the same sort of wheelhouse with KTM and Ducati and BMW when it comes to, or Yamaha with the super Tenere or Honda with the fucking Africa twin that everybody buys, that everyone has to buy by law. I just, the NT 1100 that Steve's going to buy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really it's really hard when you say okay, here's a lineup of these adventure bikes. They're all parked in a row. Which one do you buy? And uh I don't know, man. Buy the posty. Buy the posty. That's the real one, one thing that I did notice one, one thing that I that I didn't notice back in Mexico uh, from the people that I met that own Harleys. Mm-hmm. There's a, and I don't know if it's the same thing here in the states, but there's a big shift between people that own Harleys that are vintage Harleys, like old 50s, 60s yeah. bikes, and the the doctors, lawyers, and everybody else that has the newer stuff. At least in Mexico, the people that have the newer stuff shit on everybody, and that's <laughs> that's the way it is. The people that actually have the older vintage bikes. 
they appreciate the scooters. They appreciate any any brand of bike because they like the legacy and the design and the effort of maintaining them because they're suffering through the whole ordeal of of, of dealing with maybe they're taking it to to a, obviously not a dealer but a a shop that actually deals with them. Yeah. But they know what you have to go through to maintain those kinds of bikes, and they appreciate any other bike that has. Well, it's investment, too. I mean, you you figure yeah. the less money you have, the bigger the investment your bike is. Yep. And if you're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, it's just like throwaway money. So it doesn't really matter. You can buy that brand new bike and it doesn't mean anything to you because it's just it's just nothing. Like you just spend that money on whatever. But when you're using a, you know, a percent, a large percentage of your your paycheck, for first of all, it's your transportation. Plus, it's something you you know you have to make a decision sure. what you want to do. You're buying a bike, and it's a it's a conscious decision to buy a bike and give up something else. Right. Because you're not going to have the bike and have something else. You have to give up something to get that bike. So more of your life, you appreciate it more if it costs you more. I mean, it costs you like more of your life to get that bike. Yeah. So, I mean, I forsake, I mean, how many new cars in my life because I bought bikes? I mean, because I like bikes. My really part of it, part of it down too is the decline in manufacturing this company in this country. You know, it used to be you could work for Ford, you could work for the steel mill, and you made a good enough job where you could afford a, a bike that costs as much as a Harley. But now those, that, that good money is going into places like IT and stuff like that. And there's just not as much, you know, blue collar, high end work, you know? So how are you going to afford a 20 some thousand dollar motorcycle and, you know, being working, a you know, an eight to a nine to five job. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Wastewater doesn't pay enough. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely do an ST125. <laughs> kind of my budget right now. You know what? When is uh is Harley still coming out with that um that uh 135 or what what was it? That it was, was the uh, they were going to build a they were going to build their version of a Benelli. They were going to take a they were actually going to buy um the same bike that Benelli's getting from CJ in China and they were basically going to get a um it's the same bottom end with a different top end. So the original plan was for them to use a bike that was essentially the same thing as a Benelli 302S or a TNT 302. Uh, and they were going to brand it as Harley Davidson, change the shape of the gas tank. I don't know if that project is still going through. Uh, I don't know because it wasn't so much of an America project. It was a project to get the word Harley Davidson into the Chinese market and into other Asian markets where the word Harley Davidson, you know, carries a lot of freight and or totes a lot of coal. The, uh, the idea is in Japanese markets and Asian markets that Harley Davidson logo is very much, uh, you know, uh, a pride piece, right? It's, it's something people want to have. And, by putting it on a, a Chinese built bike uh, like the QJ and we have good experience with it. Like that motor has been a rock star motor. There's, there's been no complaint with it and Harley could do a hell of a lot worse and they have done a hell of a lot worse in their partnerships in the past. Um, this one doesn't appear to be too bad, but I don't think that's still on the 
books for the U.S. market. Um, I think that all of that stuff, like the Street 500 and the Street 750, all of those other channels for the United States market have been shut down right now. Yeah, the last thing I can find on it was from November 16th, and it's this. And that shows basically the Benelli frame with the thing. Yeah, and they've done a few different concept arts for those. But yeah, I just don't think that that's going to happen, uh, for at least for our market, for sure. You know, well, they were having an, they had uh, I heard they had engineering problems because when they changed the head, they're trying to figure out how to take that overhead cam engine and turn it into an L head with side valves. Oh, no, man. <laughs> no, it just couldn't. <laughs> we tried desperately to make this overhead cam motor into a push rod. And we then, we then we also tried to make it air cooled and we tried to make it air cooled and that didn't work either. We took the fuel injectors off. We put a carburetor on there. Yeah, it was bad. They brought in every Briggs and Stratton and Tecumseh engineer they could find and they couldn't do it. We couldn't make it sound right. As much as we're fucking with them right now, as much as we're having a good laugh, I'm going to call your attention to there is no 2021 Harley Davidson Sportster. What? I read that. Cam just rolled over in his bed. Yeah. So, I mean, say what you want. Yeah. Say what you want. I mean, that's it. That's that's it. I mean, you could all the news flashes in the world don't change the fact that that's done. That that's finished. When's the last time there hasn't been a sports start? 1956. (laughs) Go ahead. Did every male in a a Harley land get rid of their women? off the back yeah I, and you, I mean, know, you know the strategy with that is if we don't sell sportsters then they'll have to buy our expensive bikes yep i think so i don't know we'll about buy, that we'll have to buy indians yeah we'll have to buy indian scouts well you know there's this i mean we always said there was a war on drugs and drugs won yeah, and they like that's with Harley Davidson. Uh, apparently, there two people went into battle, and only one came out. And the one that came out was the Indian Scout. Yeah, and I've ridden them, and they're pretty fucking great, <laughs> you know. And it's like if you said you can have an Indian Scout or you can have a Sportster, I'm taking the fucking Scout every day of the week. Well, so, we have this kid that this other kid we hired uh, was John. Yep. I mean, what's he talk about? All he wants is a Scout. Oh, yeah, I mean, everything is a scout. You want to scout Bobber, scout Bobber. You know, he talks about the whole I'm thing. I'm going to buy a scout, like, and I'm going to hardtail it, and I'm going to put a sprung seat on it, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't like to ride. He just likes to own a motorcycle. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, he's 23 years old, you know, so he's cool. He's his a good kidney, kid. His kidneys haven't been abused enough yet. He's like, no. I said, just buy a, like a small, just get a beater and learn how to ride. He's like, I understand that you know it's only thirteen thousand dollars. I'm going to drop it a few times, and you know it's going to be it's going to be my starter bike, and you know it's going to be on the ground a bit. I'm like, just buy a dirt bike. You know, Wait, buy a how, dirt how bike. And learn to ride. <laughs> He's going at home. He's got a hand crank on his microwave. It's great. <laughs> He's one of the firemen. He's a fireman. And, and you know that. He's got that. way too much energy. He's got way too much energy. Well, I guess fireman makes sense because fire is pretty analog. It's pretty much fire, add water, mission accomplished. So the idea of him making a, like taking a scout and making it into a hardtail. Sure. Yeah. That's it. 
<laughs> he's, he's young and energetic and probably going to be working three jobs, part-time fireman, probably still do masonry and work full-time. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. They bring a good point on, on the chat with all the uh, inappropriate and PC stuff. Do you think they'll ever go against the name Indian? I don't think so because I think it like it's not it's not a big red nosed character with giant <laughs> looking stupid. It's like they actually There's a bottle like, of whiskey in one hand. Yeah, right. Like their logo was like a, a very like you know like nice looking Indian chief and like you know like what it's it's I think it's so it's okay because it's dignified. Maybe I don't know. I'm not I'm not Indian, so I really can't speak. But I, that's just my thought on it. The First Nation Motorcycle Company, the First Nation Motorcycle Company, the the Aboriginal Motorcycle Company, the Indigenous Persons Motorcycle Company, or Indian. Right. I like the Indigenous Persons Motorcycle Company. Yeah. yeah. I like Indigenous Persons Motorcycle Company too. First Nations Motorcycle Company appeals to me as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, indigenous yeah, I mean, persons. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, like the guy's right. Like, you know, we don't really have a lot. You know, none of us can really say too much about it. Dude, anything. it was a fucking mistake. Like, unless you put a fucking dot in the middle of your forehead, it right. was somebody who thought they were in a place they weren't in. Right. It's all based on a mistake. Right. Look, I must be in India. Therefore, all these people are Indians. No, that was a that was a white dude making a mistake. Right. Like, like can't we acknowledge that? Right. Like. You know, hey, they gonna, why do they just say we're not Indians and let's just use the name? <laughs> How about let's look at a let's look at a globe and put your finger on India. All right, now those people are Indians, right? Right, that's it. <laughs> Oscar's the only Native American in the room, so legit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he gets he gets the final sure. pass on this one. <laughs> well, maybe they should just embrace the the Native American heritage a little more mm -hmm. and come out with models called like the Sioux or the fucking the Comanche. The the yeah. Yeah. It worked well for Jeep. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Uh, every army helicopter ever was named after an indigenous person's tribe. Like, so that was the big thing is like every military helicopter ever was named after an indigenous uh, person's tribe. A first I mean, maybe it makes it a little more okay if they celebrate the heritage of right. Blackhawk. Right. Exactly. The Apache. Iroquois, Apache, Chinook, they're all tribes. Those are all any military. I never put that together before, man. You're right. absolutely right. Yeah. That's the Jolly this Green Giant. Time to mention that Jeep just got sued by Cherokee Nation. Yeah. Uh, for the Cherokee. I'm shocked yeah, it took this long. I'm <laughs> honestly shocked it took this long. Are what? they also suing Red Pop? No, but, <laughs> but Wrangler Jeans is in line real quick. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, come on. Come on. That, that's ours. Well, you know what? I'm going to sue Hefty. They fucking had the cinch sack out forever, and I want my fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> I was going on the hefty thing. Well, I was I do. I can hit him twice. <laughs> I don't appreciate you making fun of me, and you took my last name, motherfucker. <laughs> well, let let us see the cinch sack in that case. Well, <laughs> I did my senior year of high school. I went for Halloween as a cinch sack. Just because, like, you know, I had perfect. To. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, I could just see that. A garbage bag, poke your legs through it. <laughs> nothing it. on nothing on underneath, bunch of garbage. <laughs> cinched, poke your arm, cinched up to your neck. Yep. It wasn't the only my arms weren't the only thing poking out either. <laughs> and a couple of plums. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of the evening, he just had one utter. <laughs> a solo, one solo utter. <laughs> oh man. Oh dude. Well, it could have looked like a nipple. We're not sure. Just That's it. You look like it's just the weirdest plum ever. <laughs> the California raisins? Nope. No. no, no. That's it. Yeah. Um, I. But looking at the looking at the news, kind of the stuff that's come out in the past week or so, when we still don't know what the fuck happened with Ducati. Anybody has anybody anybody in podcast land? If you have an update of what happened since. January or so when the FBI raided everybody involved in Ducati North America. Yeah. Let me know. I'm dying to know what the hell happened. I've done a deep dive. I've, if you're on the dark web and you have some secret Intel, let me know what the fuck happened with Ducati because the strangest thing is I haven't talked to anyone from Ducati in months and I got a letter, an actual letter mailed to my shop asking me to, be, me to become a Ducati dealer, wow. which if you've ever been to Cleveland Moto, you will know that you don't want us to be a Ducati dealer. That is not how we roll. When I, and, uh, I was talking to my buddy, Mark, who used to, he was a yep. Ducati technician, you know, Mark Q. Yep. And, and he used to work in Texas. And the Texas dealership that he worked at sold Ducatis and Lamborghinis and shit like that. He said it was like a giant glass. Like, it was unbelievable. He's like, it was like, the, you know, it was amazing to work there. But the owner of the place is now in jail as far as I think is what would happen. But I remember him saying when Ducati would come there, the owner and like the two managers and stuff and the Ducati reps would disappear on like a three-day Coke binge. <laughs> <laughs> like that was like the norm for them. So when you, when all this raiding and stuff happened, he was like, "I'm totally not surprised at all." Like that's just what happened, you know. I, I have I am shocked that there has been radio silence on this. Like nobody has stepped up. Yeah. Asphalt and rubber, all those crazy pot, like all those crazy news agencies that thrive on like breaking the story even before they have facts. Doesn't matter. They are silent on this entire situation. Look, the fucking FBI. I raided Ducati headquarters and a number of their houses where they sleep at night. Right. And they went in guns drawn and, and confiscated things like Elliot Ness. And we have no idea what the hell the outcome was. I don't know what the hell they were up to. You found out at the bottom end of every Ducati motor was a pasta maker. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I, like all I could think of is like there was recently a company that was importing cornflakes that were covered in cocaine. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of a good. That's a slick way to do it. I mean, that's yeah. pretty smart. You got to use chemicals to get it off. I think Ducati's. No, you don't have to use chemicals to get it off. I love cornflakes. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. need any chemicals at all. I'll just eat the cornflakes. <laughs> Ducati, Ducati they were going to name their new model the insurrection and so then they had a little problem after that i think it might be named the bunga bunga party i mean i don't know what the fuck has gotten the fbi involved with ducati but you'd think the fbi would have no interest in somebody importing italian motorcycles at like nearly a fucking loss right. you know you'd think the fbi would leave that shit alone it's probably it has to do it has to be something like interstate 
like interstate like fraud or interstate collusion like to fix prices or I'm telling you it's warranties <laughs> yeah, or something I mean it's got to be interstate though for them to get involved in it I think so I, you, I wonder if it's carb stuff where like they lied about the uh, you know um, cleanliness of the gas and stuff because you know they're getting 160 horsepower on a lot of those bikes yep. you, I'm sure they can't have all the EPA shit in place to let that bike breathe. I don't know. They don't the sell enough of them. I think the EPA or, you know, the EPA would have rated them. Or what do you, or the car, what's the, like a car? Well, who rated who? Who, like a, who took I would have thought it would have been the IRS or something like no, that. No, but who took down VW when they got caught from lying? Right. Who was FBI. The, you think was it was the FBI? FBI? I thought it was Interpol, which is basically the FBI, right? It's the FBI. FBI rated them here in the United States. The FBI admitted that they rated them, and that's that's not a secret. That's all published. But I mean, that would be like if right now, if there was a knock on the door and they said, "I'm here, we're here from the ATF." I know that they're not here about the alcohol or tobacco, like, like that's just the way it works. Like with Ducati, when it's the FBI, who the fuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and if yeah, it was emissions-related, Europe would have already busted them. Yeah. 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 Big, big guy on, on the chat did mention, and, and I do remember listening to that, they were armed. So it wasn't just like a, we're to confiscate some information, trying to see what's going on. They were fucking armed. Yeah, the FBI shows up. They like to remind you that they are armed yeah <laughs> the fbi shows up they're all like fox and Mulder, you know and it's they're all coming in very very charlie's angels uh they're they're not coming in in a very like in a business suit kind of thing and like the badge comes yeah, out very way. much later yeah it's not briefcases it's 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 berettas yeah excellent that's the way it should be no i mean so again you know you show up if anybody if anybody ever shows up at my shop we've had various different state organizations show up and you know it's always like a hello and then if we tell them they're not allowed in then the badge comes out and then the badge comes out and i'm like well that's nice that you have one of those but i'm going to need a warrant and then they're like oh shit well the hello didn't work and the badge didn't work so now we got to go get a warrant too and that's fine i mean clearly if the fbi showed up Honestly, I don't know. I'd be too busy shitting a golden brick. I don't. I, I you would, did a really good job hiding the basement. Nobody's ever going to find the meth lab, so you're fine, man. Worry <laughs> about. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the the trick is to put your basement under the neighbor's house. <laughs> Nobody would ever expect to find your basement under the neighbor's house. There's no and access you, at all from your building. If you do that, you're good, man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I don't I don't have any complaints. It's pretty easy. Would that be a business like a storage facility for people's guns? So that you know what I mean? Like an off, you know, like so if your neighbor tries to narc you out and says, he said he was gonna shoot me and tries to swat you or something, that they can't just come and take all your shit. I don't know, man. I have no idea. You have to be like a Swiss bank, you just have to have numbers and keep everybody's guns like under a number. Right. In the storage. And then Look, they wouldn't know as long as 15, they're not registered. So in 15 years, it will be absolutely illegal to own a two stroke. Like owning a two stroke will be a federal violation because you know, it's a fucking two stroke. So like I could imagine having a warehouse full of just like strange two strokes, <laughs> like TZRs and jet skis. As far as the eye could see <laughs> old snowmobiles, old snowmobiles. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it'd be like in some weird old limestone mine, you know, we're just, just lined up. Speaking of that. Outboard did, motors. Did yeah. anybody, I only read briefly, so I can't even speak on it. I just know about it. But did anybody get into Porsche's announcement saying that they have a new fuel that will make gas cars as efficient as ev or like as um as environmentally friendly as EV. so so porsche rather than admitting that they were going to change to electricity decided to reinvent fuel right <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly okay. sure. let me see if i can find an article i mean it was we it, can't i'm sorry today i'm sorry Wouldn't that be alcohol Tesla has already Tesla has already made owning an electric vehicle too pretentious. So there's nothing we can do to go in there and up the pretentiousness level. Like with Porsche, they're used to being on top of the pretentiousness spectrum. So now you're going to have to buy your fuel at the Porsche dealer. See here, look. So right here. Yeah. All right. Synthetic vehicles. I'm going to tell you guys, if you're a student of history, you'll know that the Germans have a long history with synthetic fuel. What in Porsche redesign thermodynamics? No, just, well, I mean, no, seriously. <laughs> just type in Germany synthetic fuel World War II and stand back. <laughs> Every Porsche is going to have to drive a pull behind a wagon with a wood burner, with um, a wood gasifier. They're going to be powered by Z stuff and T stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John, for saying what I was too scared to. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I don't I don't trust the Germans when it comes to synthetic fuel. I'm sorry. I mean, look, I was born yeah, well after World people. War II. The fuel is people. <laughs> synthetic fuel is people. I'm, I'm not going there. When the truck rolls up to the BP station, it says Zyklon on the side. I'm not going to buy any of it. <laughs> Zyklon 92. Yeah, Zyklon 92. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, it's oxygenated. Yeah. You think it has ethanol? Of course it does. It's America. No matter what it is, no matter what Porsche comes up with, if it gets sold in Kansas, it'll have 15% ethanol. Because you got to keep the you got to keep the corn farmers in business. You yeah. should put 15% ethanol in baby formula. Why not? They put it in every goddamn else. <laughs> <laughs> try to eat, try to spend a day eating in America and not eat corn. I dare you. <laughs> wow. I can't even eat Mexican food. Yeah. It's a hundred, like everything is corn. That's you're in America. Get used to your corn based diet. Yeah. And it's all genetically modified too. So that's the least of our concern. I mean, honestly, that's throwing gas on a fire at that point. When you're dying, like feed corn and and corn for uh, gasoline, they use about the same amount. I mean, so we're burning half our feed. I mean, they're worried about. They, I saw this commercial. This lady throws a, a punk of meat on the table, yeah. and then she brings out a bag of crickets, and she's like, "We could have ten pounds of crickets. We should eat ten pounds of crickets and not eat this meat." You know what I'm thinking? And then she brings out a 50-pound bag of corn and throws it on the table. It takes us 50 pounds to make this corn. I mean, to make this pound of meat. Right. And I'm thinking, well, you're taking that 50, you're taking another 50 pounds of corn and turning it into ethanol. Right. So stop turning it into ethanol and eat meat. 
I mean, <laughs> fuck you. That's what I say to all these fucking cricket eaters. I just say that the cricket, I think they have to market the crickets better. Because the biggest the problem crickets. Look, you just need to make the crickets more desirable. It's like on Snowpiercer where they're like feeding, like everybody's eating this gel that's made out of ground up fucking cockroaches. Everybody at the front of the train is eating everybody from the back of the train. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but honestly, I have been in Africa. I have eaten my share of crickets uh, and grasshoppers. And look, they're not bad. <laughs> they're delicious. You just got to market them better. You need to have Randy Macho Man Savage snapping into a fucking <laughs> cricket locust. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> He's going to, if he could. Look, if these guys could snap into a praying mantis, we'd all be snapping into a praying mantis. We'd all be lining up to do it. Um, if we just had some, you know, 70-year-old guy who used to be a wrestler telling us to do it. You know what? Maybe crickets are the next better fuel. Ah. Yeah, why not? What, you keep them alive on a wheel? And then you <laughs> put a bunch of crickets around? <laughs> <laughs> Gasoline is such a terribly bad idea for a fuel that honestly, if Henry Ford wasn't involved, it never could have happened. Like the idea of telling people that we're going to burn gasoline in a vehicle that's between your legs in a motor that's between your legs and a fuel supply that's between your legs. Like we've seen the devastation that a shot glass full of gasoline can do in front of the shop. Right. Like, yeah. Like you don't want me to pour a, shot glass full of gasoline on you like and not even talking about lighting it on fire just in general yeah it's well, then you, you won't like my what i have to say that we're burning gasoline the wrong way that we should be putting it in a pressure vessel mm-hmm. heating it up and and using it as a gas form instead of a vapor and that's how you get 200 miles to a gallon and right. more importantly, 90% of the fuel, 90% of the energy that's in gasoline gets wasted the way we're using it. So the way we're using it right now, we're only getting it up about 10% of what the gasoline has to offer. What John's talking about is going to give us about 90% of what the gasoline has to offer. Because right now, most of what we're paying for goes into the energy of heating up our exhausts um, and creating you know, heat. And yeah, that's not the right way to use an energy source. So I think right now uh, the most efficient gasoline cars are maybe 25 to 30% efficient. Yeah. Uh, What I find remarkable is that formula one race cars right now are achieving 50% efficiency uh, through turbocharging and all sorts of kinetic energy recovery and, and thermal energy recovery and stuff like that. But you know what's easier than that and is way more efficient? Electric motors. Electric. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. We're going to take methane and turn it into uh, like a fuel cell. Use a fuel cell. Yep. I, I mean, I hate to. I mean, I hate to hate to be the guy, but it, it seems pretty fucking obvious that certain. Uh, you know, many, many years ago, over a hundred years ago, over a hundred years ago, our ancestors were putting electric motors into cars. Like cars were electric powered. There were many, many electric car companies in America and they worked. And aside from um, a certain guy who had to have things his way and had a lot of money and put a lot of those guys out of business, electric, electric. 
worked. It was it was a system that functioned and functioned well. And uh, if you watch Jay Leno's Garage, you'll see him using a 100 year old electric car that has a, a 60 or 70 mile range. And it's still functional to this day, you know, so this thing's a hundred years old and it still functions and it still gives you, you know, a 70 mile range. Um, yeah, there is something to be said for that simplicity of, you know, one or two moving parts. Whereas well, the, the thing is they destroyed the infrastructure to be able to use electricity like that. I mean, they had all the bus, the public transport system used electricity. Yep. I mean, and was yeah, I mean, every, street, and street cars were powered. Street cars were all powered by electricity, overhead wires. Yep. But that's what you need. To, but you have to reconstruct the. You have to reconstruct the infrastructure to be able to do that, which is what you're looking at with all this like bringing on electric vehicles but the grid can't even handle heating your fucking house if it snows you know down if you're in texas yeah if you're in texas <laughs> but i mean also they had issues with uh peaking plants and, and right. natural gas that they weren't allowed to bring them online because they they would have exceeded their greenhouse emission gases so Look, that whole situation, we I mean, I personally, I feel terrible for the residents of Texas. Oh, I do too. Whose, whose energy system has gotten out of control. Um, this street that I, you know, the street that I live on, people will know that uh, here in Avon Lake, less than 500 feet from my house is electric Avenue. It's not just a Freddie Grant song. It's literally a street that goes right past my house. And that's because there was an electric streetcar line that ran all the way from here out in Avon Lake all the way into downtown Cleveland. And that wasn't 40 years ago. That was 100 years ago. So 100 years ago, there was an efficient, safe way to get from where I live into downtown Cleveland on a streetcar system that ran every single day. And it ran rain or snow, you know, uh, it, it ran all the time. And that that existed and that got torn out when they brought in buses and they literally tore up the tracks and they they performed horrible things like they went in and they dragged the, they pulled the electric lines down and they tore up the tracks and they wanted to bring in gasoline or diesel powered buses and it was a terrible thing look it up it was a it was a hostile takeover by any estimation so yeah and I do ride electric motorcycles. They're, they're fun. They kick ass, man. You know, um, I'm not going to say it's the only kind of motorcycle I ever want to ride, but fuck, man, it's fun. Right. Well, no, I agree. But the, the problem is, is that you need to be able to go from here to right. California. I mean, if you want to go from here to California, right, without the infrastructure that, right. that doesn't exist now, you're going to have a problem. But I mean, once that... Is worked out in the range like the battery uh, density, power density, or the energy density of batteries goes up to maybe three times what it is now. Then you'll be able to go all electric. And people have to stop being assholes too. Like one of the biggest things right now is people being assholes. We went skiing up at Holiday Valley. There were two charge points out in front of our hotel room that anybody could have. Um, when we went in there Friday night, there was nobody there. They were wide open. It was cool. But by the time we got back from dinner, two Teslas had pulled in there. So it was a Tesla with a New York plate and a Tesla with an Ohio plate. And those fucking Teslas stayed plugged into that charger for two fucking days. 
right? There's no reason for that. That's just that's just lazy. That's just them pulling in. They're plugged into the charger. They would have been plugged. They would have been charged in one fucking hour, two hours tops. But they were plugged in all weekend. And that is the kind of thing where it's like, okay, no, that parking area is a temporary parking area while your shit is being charged and then fuck off into a regular parking space. They need to make it so that if you're plugged in for more than three hours, it starts starting getting power. Right. And I was thinking, too, that if you're plugged in for more than three hours, it starts charging you money more. Right. Here's a trick that I learned is you walk up to the vehicle and you pull the door handles and you pull the door handles because that alerts the owner remotely that somebody's fucking with his pride and joy. And he may or may not understand that the reason his car is being fucked with is that he's been sitting at the same fucking charging location for four fucking hours and somebody else might want to use it because there should be a way that you can hail the owner of the vehicle to be like, Hey dude, your shit's been parked in that spot for four hours and the little green light is on. It says you're fully charged. Now move your shit so I can get in there. Now what they should do is if you don't get it for an hour, they raise the voltage to 50,000 volts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe treat it like a, like a normal parking spot and, and have like a parking attendant or something. Yeah. I'm for me, I would just, I'm just going to say that 90% of the time when I found that situation where I'm being blocked out, it's by a Tesla owner. And I do know that Tesla's have really wonderful first party security shit involved. So I just go up and pull the doors and make an ass out of myself. And uh, yeah, you'll find that those people will come and move their shit. If they're keep getting texts to their phone saying your car's being hijacked you know, and, uh, you know, do, do what you want. If, if you want to drop a deuce on the guy's hood after, after four hours, I could see that, you know, I think, I think we just need to have like, uh, self-driving cars should just be like slot cars. Yep. You have all the electricity. You just go back to the old, you know, you, you get in a slot, you, it powers your car and you just head out to California. And with Tesla's self-driving stuff, you could get up and show up and be like, oh, that Tesla's been in the spot. It's fully charged. Press the button and make the car move itself. You know, there you go. <laughs> and let the car should go fuck off and find another parking spot so you can get in there and get some of that sweet, sweet energy. The uh, I look the zero. I, every once in a while, I get a text message from my zero saying that James has put the side stand up to move it or that it's plugged in or it's unplugged or something. And it still freaks me out when I get a message on my phone to tell me that my zero has been plugged in or moved or whatever. And it it still shocks the living shit out of me that my motorcycle has just sent me a message, basically. Oh, that's, you know, so there's AI. You know, yeah. Until these things have AI, they'll be like, hey, Phil, how's it going today? No, dude, What's that's not. On? That's Just been around. Run talk. <laughs> that's been around forever. But when I'm in the garage working on my bike, my 82 goes, "Kill your neighbor," and I'm like, <laughs> 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 "Well, if you think that's bad, you should hear what my dog told me to do last week." <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Does anybody else got anything say else? A dog when it's a cat, then you got a problem. <laughs> Cats say all kinds of horrible shit. Oh yeah. No, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta um, do one. We gotta put one over for Saturday. We gotta talk shit, man. Like I'm taking all you guys down, man. I'm right now. All I know is that all you guys are fucking low grade terrified. Like (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm a little bit like, oh man. I really don't want to get that fucked up. I don't want to have a fucking hangover for two days, man. Yeah. 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 
Well, I'm, I'm going to be real with you guys. I, uh, uh, I, can't, I can't really stay up there multiple days, you know, get drunk and have to stay up there overnight. I have to drive back to Akron. Yep. So I, I'll be able to start with you guys. I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with you with, with the drinking. So maybe I need another handicap. Like I'll I'll build it like with one hand tied behind my back. Or no, something. Chris. Like, so I'm gonna. I'll make sure you guys know that Chris is in charge of the. Chris is in charge of the penalties, and we've already set some rules about how much you're allowed to be penalized. It's not. We're not trying to kill anybody here. Nobody. It's not our goal to make anybody drive home drunk. It's not our goal to put anybody in a danger dangerous spot um realistically that's not the spirit of this event steve is upset look at him he's getting mad now he's like no that is the spirit of my event (laughs) yeah there is there is one person that's gonna get get screwed on whole deal (laughs) he lives in lakewood (laughs) and i was so nice to you (laughs) hey i just got a fresh shipment of ssr 70s Uh, with the electric starters. Um, I just got a fresh shipment of those in. That could be the double-double secret challenge. Uh, James had recommended that when the event's all done and everyone thinks that they're finished, that we make you go and build the SSR 70s as well. (laughs) We could get them built (laughs) just so they didn't have to be there anymore. Um, But the 70s, the SSR 70s are harder to build than the SSR 125s are because the electric starting and stuff. The, uh, but really as much as I know that nobody's talking shit because nobody wants to talk shit and get, and get on the wrong side of a Chinese bike. Like, yeah, I'm not confident. Yeah. The, uh, it, it it is this kind of a thing that it's like, what, how bad is it really going to be? I'm going to tell you it is not impossible by any standard. It's not, it's not hard to do by any standard, but it is hard to do when you're trying to rush. And when you're trying to rush and you're trying to do it fast, it's it's a whole other element. And if people are betting on you, if people are are literally gambling on you with their money, yeah, that's going to be fucking weird. You know, that's going to put a weird pressure on it. If I've learned anything from my heroes, the street outlaw drag racer guys, it's you race your lane, not the other car. Yeah, that's stay in your lane. Too, man. Yeah, it's a, that's exactly it. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to be a giggle fest. The whole thing is going to be silly. I'm glad we got good weather for it. It looks like the weather's going to be great. So uh, we won't be trying to ride the bikes down the street in negative 20 degrees and sideways snow. So uh, this will be cool. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it, it will. It's. I mean, the whole idea is it's, it's just to be stupid. I mean, look, guys, you're yeah. building your own fucking bikes. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to have like a thousand cameras recording the entire thing. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be enough cameras, uh, enough camera angles to keep it interesting. Uh, I think that's going to be fucking awesome. I think that's going to be great. And uh, and we've got some people that have kind of volunteered and stepped up to help out and and to make it more interesting. I think it's going to be cool. I think we're going to have a great time. I don't think it's going to be the last one we do either. I think we're going to I think we're on to something here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, they're asking in chat if if, if they uh, if they can chip in for Nick's uh, Uber for <laughs> coming back home. Uh, that's a good fucking idea right there. Yeah, 
Yeah. What I would mean, be what would be the Uber fare from from uh, Lakewood to Akron? Like sixty bucks or something. I was gonna say sixty bucks. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've taken an Uber from Scotts Valley to like San Jose, and it was about seventy bucks. It's a pretty long trip, and it's about seventy seventy five bucks was the most I've ever spent on an Uber. And you get to know somebody pretty well in that period Wait. of time. Yeah, Nikki yeah. just chooses winnings. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's it's not a bad idea. It's like, oh, okay, great. If if is if his car can get home, if somebody can manage to, you know, rapture his car, well, I'll just have to uh, take the CT ninety up so that, and we'll have to get an, an Uber XL to put it in the back and, and take that home. Oh, that's a good idea. I might have to ride the buddy because I can I can drive the buddy home no matter what. Right. Why don't they have an Uber pickup? Like the guy with pickups that can yeah. pull anything you want. That would be a good Uber, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's called a tow truck. Yeah. <laughs> That's called get your AMA membership. <laughs> yeah. So I, my bike broke down. So, which means you have to give me a ride too. So yeah. if you, you know, for 39 bucks a year, you can get an AMA membership and that will tow your bike a long way and they'll tow you too. A normal insurance company or whatever. And I was going over like, you know, full coverage and all this stuff with them and all different bikes and everything like that. And he was like, well, you have several bikes. He goes, would you like to add uh tow insurance? So if you're over 10 miles away from your house, the tow is free, blah, blah, whatever. All right. Like, How much is that? He was like $7 a month. I said, yes, please. Like, why wouldn't you not like, I can be four hours away and all I have to do is call my insurance company. They tell it for free. I mean, seven a year, right? Or seven a year. Yeah. Some ridiculously low. Like it was like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I think you're right. It was $7 a year. doesn't matter if it was $7 a month. I would use it twice out of spite. But if you have, if you have a motorcycle and you have insurance, right. talk to your insurer and ask them about, the towing features. I mean, I, I know I can't just be my company. I'm sure a lot no. of them like, but ask about it. Cause like it is, it's like $7 a year. It's so, it, it's so cheap that you're, it's stupid not to not do it. Like, I wonder if there's a way to finagle that so that you could purchase a vintage motorcycle and have it transported back for free. <laughs> I bet you bought a Mercedes on gum deals in Euclid. <laughs> And I got. I called him up. I'm sitting in the in the in the Euclid uh, utility lot with this Mercedes, and I call up the insurance company. Like, I need to get insurance. I need towing insurance. Five minutes later, I called him back. I said, I need a tow from Euclid back into Lakewood. <laughs> uh, I have used James AAA, so I don't have AAA, but James has AAA, or James's girlfriend has AAA, and I have used it. Not once, I think, but twice to get keys out of our red pickup truck when it was running in the parking lot. <laughs> so they showed up to get the keys out of a running truck. <laughs> and it's just because Ford made like the, the, it's not a regular key. It's a computer chip key. And so it's like, I don't want to spend the money to get a duplicate key because it has the computer chip in it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So James is like, just, just use Crystal's AAA. It's fine. And the guy shows up and he's like, uh, which, car, which, which car is it? I'm like, it's the one that's running in the parking lot. The glass is really warm. Yeah. It's the one with no snow on it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the keys out of that one. 
so we can go home because we're not going to go home with a running truck in the parking lot. Right. Go figure. What's just good about a slider on a pickup truck? I just leave it unlocked. So if you <laughs> lock your keys and you can just open your sliding window and crawl in the back. <laughs> and this isn't one of those situations where I could make a duplicate key and stick it in the taillight lens, which I would totally do, except for the fact that the fucking keys for that truck are like 80 bucks. Yeah. And I'm not going to go making a bunch of <laughs> copies of $80 keys. I could, I probably could just get a key blank though. I don't need the computer chip just to get the door open. You know, that's what I was going to say. Like uh, most cars that even have that, they do have, most of them have like a little plastic cover over a key thing. Right. Like if you look, you can get cheap, backup keys or whatever yeah yeah i'm sure that i could I, I don't need the chip just to get into it when i've accidentally let lock the door while the motor was running right right i instinctively locked the door but then instinctively didn't remember the motor was running when i did it so you know i'm not real smart you know so that's it anybody got anything else no i think if it would have gone any longer i'd have had to pull a penis out for mac but oh, <laughs> oh come on now a couple of yawns what is that kickstarter the kickstarter kolsch what bike is on the side of that kickstarter kolsch oh but that's uh, it's the moto go kickstarter kolsch from no noble beast uh, it's noble beast right? from this yeah. go to moto go right yeah and i mean this is something we've talked about a bunch of times and i've donated money to it yeah noble beast has got a beer to 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 go along with the MotoGo project, that's bad. Yeah, I, I think How is it, Daniel? through Saturday or Sunday, if you order food or beer from Noble Beast, they give a portion of the proceeds to MotoGo. Wow! You just oh, got to tell them MotoGo when you order your food. Right on. That's super good. That's that's great. Yeah. So that's cool. Do, Steve, do we want to try to drop this so it'll get out to the people before Saturday, or do you think that's a waste of time? I can. It won't be hard. I can do it. Okay. I can do it tomorrow and drop it. So all right, it'll try to be out so that yeah, we can kind of people will know that it'll be on Twitch on Saturday. Right, right. Mm -hmm. We want to have as many people on the Twitch as we possibly can for the event. Yep. Yeah, I can knock it out. All right. Cool. All right, man. Well, that's all I got. Anyone? Uh, fuck it. Yeah. Ride fast and take chances. We'll see you on Saturday. Yeah. 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 Yeah.